Hello there, and welcome to Pivotal Film. I am Tom Nolan. I'm Mario Ponzio. I'm Andy Barry. And this is episode you're number... Say, you're supposed to say an I'm Andy Barry. Nope. You stupid bastard. Nope, not making your mistake. Mm. No, but but no one will know one. that he made that mistake. <laughs> but you're the last one we in deleted the bunch. It. The reason I said I'm Mario Ponzio... Well, we could introduce JP. Well, JP's in that JP JP's like a ringer. We bring <laughs> JP in when we're like flagging. It's like, JP, JP come on, <laughs> give us some stuff. JP he's, is also here. He's like a seventh hand relief pitcher. Seventh inning. He's like or seventh hand, whatever. He's like that guy. I don't know if they still have him because they have. I'm a Mets fan, so I haven't watched baseball in like a million years. But they still have like the guy who comes in to just like get one guy out. Nope, they changed the rules. Oh, got, so you can't. Min room three ba- ba- guys got a face. So that's terrible. No, no more loogies. Uh, is that the term? Is loogies a uh, left-handed one out guy? That's what loogie stands for. Isn't a loogie like? Yeah, you can't do those anymore either. Um, we did. We you know we don't really publicize the beers anymore. But I saw this in the liquor store and I was like, oh, we have to get it for today because today's a big day. I don't know about you guys, but I'm like more excited to talk about these movies than I have been like since like a best of the year. List. This, this is our best. Like, it's a good. It's, it's a big it's a, group. It's a stacked stacked list of films followed by like nothingness for a while. Yes, thanks, Ampta. Or whatever it is. Well, not that. Not only that. It's just well, like there's not a lot of films coming out. And fuck August. the studios. So. Yeah, fuck the studios. But not fuck Equilibrium Beers, who have made MC Squared. It's a double India Pale Ale. And it's got Albert Einstein on the can. So, you know, good. <laughs> that makes right. sense. That connects. Put this down. Is there? Never had an equilibrium before. Where are these guys from? Are they that, they're out 12%, right? Uh, Middletown, New York. Oh. They're very expensive. Let's, let's tap. Let's tap. Oh, thank you. This four pack was $22. Yeah. Holy let's take a, let's take a, cow. Let's take, a, let's take a sip of it. Mm-hmm. Mm. Grapefruit forward. There's, there's <laughs> a little bit of grapefruit. There's a little oh, bit. Really? I'm there's drinking there. grapefruit boobly because I'm taking a dry month, so yeah, you're going not going to get there? my equilibrium opinion, everybody. I know everyone cares mostly about my beer opinion. They, de- they definitely care more about them than my beer opinion. <laughs> it definitely tastes like there's citrops in here. Yeah. Just, they get that. Get yeah, I, this I, is super smooth. This is really good. It's really good. Yeah. I Wow. This does not taste like 8%. Which is problematic. Well, we said that multiple times. So a, lot, a lot of beers are made that don't taste like 8%, and they do end up being 8%. And then we get through, like, the second movie, and then we're like, nope, there's the 8%. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, it watch, definitely is watch, in there. Watch me be the most drunk tonight. <laughs> high in your own... The support. sugar. Is there, oh, there's probably no sugar no, in there. Right? No sparkling water. There you go. So there's... How could you be? Carbonation. You're going to get hopped like, up on carbs. I Timothy will... Timothy Chalamet will come in and... and do Wonka. What stuff. is Wonka? It's so bad. Paul King. I'm somewhat excited for that still. I like Timothy Chalamet. Are you even after the trailer? <laughs> no, no, I mean, not really, because of Timothy Chalamet trying to do whimsical and failing. If they, if they had asked me, like, but, what, but Hugh Grant as Zoopa Loopa was the only good part of the trailer. I love so hard that it's taking such, like, a big cultural hit. It's like, oh, how can they cast him? It was like, who, people, do people exist that are, like, 15 inches tall? No. No. <laughs> that you can hide in a jar? Or that would want to be hit? I mean, I guess they didn't hide him in a jar either, so they would have CG, CGI'd the jar, but, like, I don't know. No, you Not, grant when they're underneath tremendous physical transformation to be able to go into a jar. He, he wants that supporting he did, uh, actor. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Alexander Payne movie, Downsizing, just oh, yeah. to be in it. So before yeah. we begin with the movies, though, I think Andy and I should do quick flash reviews of movies we saw 
that you guys haven't seen. One minute each. So flash review of The Blackening. We talked about that last did week. Did we? Oh. Yeah. But Andy did it. Andy, what did you think of The Blackening? It was solid. I expected better out of it. But it, I'd recommend it streaming. Don't rush out to see it. Flash review of The Flash. Oh, yeah. <laughs> solid. Ezra Miller was way too good in it. It made me feel bad because he's a terrible person. Ezra Miller's a good actor. We and Matt Keen's actually very good in it. Yeah. The CGI, though, has been The CGI is terrible. It's terrible. And the plot's weird and doesn't make sense. That's a hot take. Yeah, take that. The Flash being <laughs> not terrible. Yeah. Did you see The Flash? We yeah, watched I, it together. Yeah, yeah. I saw it. Oh, I, you I enjoyed it. I don't know what we um, talked about that. Maybe we didn't talk about it. Maybe I thought I said we were going to save it. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I had a fun time. I think it's pretty... I mean, milk toast is best, the best way to describe it because it's like very forgettable. Mm-hmm. But I had a, I had a good time with it. Um, Ezra Miller is very good in it. It's, it's one of those characters. I was talking Saturday with a friend, and he, we were talking. He was talking about Barbie, and he he has a, a way of grading movies, which is Jesus. going to see it in theaters again, renting it, actively streaming it, uh, yeah. leaving it on if it turns on and can't reach the remote, or uh-huh. turning it off. It would be a leave it on if I can't reach the remote. For mm. me, so, you know, not it, bad. it's got some, it opens terribly, but it's <laughs> the, the babies in the hospital. Oh, right, it yeah. was really bad. Oh, I heard about the baby in the microwave. <laughs> yes, the baby in the microwave. Only one way to save that baby <laughs> throw it in the microwave. Exactly. Yeah, good stuff. But yeah, flash reviews. That's just that two? Could, that could be a new thing. <laughs> Uh, okay. I think that's it, right? Yeah, I, wa- I mean, we watched Asteroid City, but like we reviewed Asteroid City. Like Andy so. did not I like, did not Asteroid like City. it, no matter what Mario said. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I have to make an, a correction. I said that Andy enjoyed Asteroid City. I misinterpreted his feelings. I thought he said, I hate this 30 seconds in, but then warmed up to it. But mm. apparently he never warmed up. To it. <laughs> not really. The, the children were the best part, I thought. And they needed more screen time. The children were very good. Anyway... I also watched 65. Don't waste your time. That is the Adam Driver 65 million years ago film. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, I did not see that. I saw Theater Camp. That was good. It just wants to be Wet Hot American Summer, and it is. But I like that movie. It's not like a kid's movie? We brought the kids, and they laughed at a bunch of stuff. There's nothing, I guess the one criticism of it is it does every, it's tropey, and it plays, it hits all the trope things. But it has like a bunch of um, really good moments, and the cast of kids is really good, and the supporting actors around them are really good. Um, Noah Galvin is excellent. The I do remember reading about is, this. I did want to see this movie. Do yeah, you recommend it? It's for sure. Ben Platt, though, uh, is. It's just not going to happen. He's got a. He's, you know, he's great on Broadway, whatever. I understand his character is supposed to be unlikable in this, but. He is unlikable in a way that I mean, like kind of gets yeah. in the way of the movie. You're just like, oh, I wish they had just had someone whose face mm. we didn't want to like just exit off screen like every time it's on. Just there. his face, like just tear it off. Well, just throw it, it off it, screen. It, it projects such like it's like he's like constantly irritated, and even when things are like he's supposed to be, he this is a character who apparently experiences like no joy, and but. It's the same thing as Dear Evan Hansen. It's the same thing as everything. You're just like, go get get happy and then come back and make a movie. Because it doesn't even seem like his face could project joy if it wanted to. If he was actually feeling joyful, he would just look pissed. 
It just it bugs me. Is there enough Io Edaberry? Because I'm in love with her. She. That's um, why I want to see this movie. She's in it. There's not. Uh, she actually her character seems to have no reason to be in there, and it seems like she knows it, and she kind of makes the most of it. Well, we gotta save it for bottoms. She yeah, interacts. Well, that's yeah. why I'm excited for that movie. She so. interacts with children in a really funny way, and then she's just she, you know who's the um you'd have to find the Wet Hot American Summer like. Uh, comparison in there like who like it's a character who's just kind of there to be there but doesn't really have anything to do i don't think i've ever seen what on american yeah. Yeah. oh it's solid yeah if you like that kind well, of well when you're drinking again we should watch it it's one of those movies. you're bad at flash reviews by the way that's like an actual review it was like two minutes yeah but i actually but our, was curious about that one because our flash reviews our flash reviews were like 30 sorry seconds. i'll try i'll practice my flash reviews god i actually think our first movie that we're going to do today is going to function somewhat <laughs> like a flash review oh absolutely it's um, Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One. <laughs> oh my god! Hang on! Ethan! Go go go! Audiences and critics can't believe what they're seeing. Listen to me. The world's coming after you. Stay out of my way. Tom Cruise has outdone himself with a 99% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yes! Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning is filled with holy shit moments. What is happening? This is why we go to the movies. Oh, I like her. It's pulse pounding. It will rock your world with jaw-dropping action. Is this where we run? Go, 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 go! Probably. It's one of the best action movies ever made. What more can I say? See it in the biggest, most seat-shaking theater you can find. It will take your breath away. Ethan, did you make it? Are you okay? Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. Tickets on sale now. Mix of Paw Patrol It's not going to work. That's the thing they're trying to do. Is that really? Yeah, because yeah, they're coming on the same, the same day. day. Kids will love it. <laughs> yeah, I know. Have you seen the trailer for Saul X? Yeah. It, I, don't, I don't get it. Everything they're just like going back, they're going back to like old Saul, and it's like, well, that mm-hmm. I get. It's just all like the, the booby traps seem like too complicated. I'm just like, where is this sitting? Like, it's <laughs> on her neck, or is her shoulders, or is it like she's suspended in the air? I, it's I just know. a sharper image thing. <laughs> you ordered everything from, from the catalog. Airball. He's like, I really like the pun here. <laughs> There's a lot of veil. There's a lot to work with. This works with sauce. Yeah, um, yeah there's no puns in this in Mission Impossible, is there? No, but there is an AI called the Entity, which is a Russian-created AI. It's on this ship, this Russian submarine called the Sevastopol. It's used to use good. dead reckoning and navigation. And uh, the AI gains sentience and kills the crew and sinks to the bottom of the ocean, but it has transmitted itself throughout the world. And it's a goal. It's just looking around. It's not doing anything. It's just checking out all the security systems and financial systems, but it's not doing anything. But uh-huh. it's going to do something. We don't know <laughs> what. I don't know why like, I enjoyed this movie, but like when you like describe it, it sounds it, so like, fucking silly. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and so. It, it is, though. Yeah. <laughs> there's a key that is is. Based in two parts, it's a, a puzzle locking, interlocking key. It's a cool it's, looking key. Yeah. yeah, it's it's used to open up the door to the Sevastopol, which is sunk underwater, to get to an old source code of the entity, so that you could go in and either control it or destroy it. And Ethan Hunt is tasked with finding 
Ilsa, who is has a part of the key and is looking to sell it. He goes to the Arabian Desert. He finds out more about Bandy, and he seeks to destroy it. And he goes against the IMF once again, going <laughs> off the grid, being, you know, a hunted man as he seeks to get both sides of the key and uh, find the entity and destroy the entity so that no government can have it and control it. Because if you have it, you can control the world, basically. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, anarchist crazed man Gabriel, who just now randomly apparently <laughs> the was ret- the catalyst retcon, yeah. for the reason that Ethan Hunt became an IMF agent. Because yeah, we learned we learned you become an IMF agent because you've committed a crime <laughs> and you have no other option but to go to jail or be executed or become an IMF agent. And he's he's the reason why Ethan Hunt did this. And his goal is to work with the entity to not take over to allow the entity to take over the world and basically destroy the world because his goal isn't to control the world, it's just to create anarchy. Mm-hmm. So they do some blow bopping, looking for that uh sure do. looking for that key. Uh, eventually they they obtain both parts of the key. Um, Ilsa is is murdered by Gabriel after like you know, the entity kind of says, like, one of these two people, either Haley Atwell or Rebecca um, Ferguson. Ferguson has to die. And Rebecca Ferguson's like, well, I'm the, I've been here too long. I guess I got to go. I've already heard that they're <laughs> trying to, that there's a possibility that she's not dead. S- yeah, same. Let's just leave her dead. Uh, no, they're not going to. Just eventually, Simon Pegg. Eventually, no! <laughs> eventually they... Ving Rams and Simon Pegg are, like, the I best part. I kind of hope Ving Rams is like, I have to go to an undisclosed location and never comes back. <laughs> What? Like where? I feel like he, he does that all the time. He just at Starbucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Typing away. Um, Has uh, anyone ever seen Ving Ring standing in these movies? Because I... <laughs> no. He, he's, not, he's not paid to stand. That's, that's an extra, he's couple, paid a lot that's to an extra couple million dollars for him to stand. Eventually, it leads to a scuffle on the Orient Express um, where, you know, the key is meant to be sold to the Americans. Um, and then Mads really, Mikkelsen gets hit by a train. Yes. And then... <laughs> Yeah, no, that, that's exactly what I was like. Oh, but who did it better? Of, well, who knows? A bunch of happenstance happens. Carrie Elways, who's the Secretary of Defense or something, I believe. He's the, the Secretary he, of something. Head of the National Intelligence or whatever. NSA. Yeah, he's the Director of the, of the National Intelligence. He is murdered because he wants to use it to help the United States take over the world. The United States doesn't really want to do that. They just want the key to like make sure that they can control the entity. Um, Gabriel thinks he gets the key, jumps off, but he didn't get the key because Ethan Hunt's got the key, but Ethan Hunt's still a wanted man, and he jumps away, but he doesn't know where the entity is. So he has the key, but he doesn't know that the entity's underneath the water. So Dead Reckoning Part 1 ends with leading into Dead Reckoning Part 2, which should release sometime in 2027 <laughs> yeah. after the strike is this, over. If it ends, yeah. So, yeah, when we left the theater, I was like, wow, this is like, Way better than Ian Jones. They're trying to they have two halves of the thing. They're trying to go around the world, trying to reunite these things, and go find a dial. Yeah, yeah but didn't it bum destiny? you out that it's like the, train, the same movie? <laughs> but but this is a, a million times better for sure. The, yeah. the train scene was amazing. Um, all that was <laughs> Indiana Jones was terrible. The train scene was awful. It was. It really was. No, I thought your. Um, I thought. Mario, I your comment that it was like a theme park ride was like the best because yeah, it exactly. really got me thinking hard about like my last uh, time I visited a theme park, which is in May, and like uh, which park? Dis- we went to Disney, so we were we would. I was thinking about the Guardians of the Galaxy ride. I was thinking about like 
Um, the Guardians of the Galaxy ride, and then I was thinking about like because we had just also gone to like compounds for a school thing, and like those old like compounds roller coasters where like the old wooden thing and what have you. And this reminds me a lot of like one of those old wooden roller coasters, not because it's creaky, but because like you can see what's happening. And like Indiana Jones, or not Indiana Jones, Guardians of the Galaxy was cool because you had no fucking idea what the hell was happening to you because we were backwards and you were spinning. And they were playing Guardian songs, and like there was like Celestials talking to you. That and sounds it was really fun. Fucking crazy. It was awesome. And old roller coasters are fun too, because they hit all the points that you go, it's and, going and to the top, and, and then it's going to go down. And, and I don't trust them because they're creaky and wooden. Right. And there, there's a little bit of like a risk there because like maybe, you know, it's not going to fall apart, but like it feels kind of like, you know, like a jostle in. around a bit. Sure. Yeah. And this Mission Impossible movie was exactly like that. Like I, when the set pieces were coming, I was like, cool. And then, like, when the set pieces were not there, I was like, this movie, who cares? Yeah. Every time someone started talking, I was like, oh, yeah. I, I need to get the fuck out of here. And then every time something happened, like, Palm Clementine does a thing, oh, and you're just like, yeah. pretty good. Palm Clementine is awesome. And movie. so yeah. it, like, swung so wildly for me. It, it was set piece to set piece. All the other right. stuff was breaks. And I was just like, and I just was like sitting there, like, waiting. And I like, think the problem with this movie, and again, it's like a very minor movie and a, a, like an experience that I enjoyed when I did it in two halves, is that, like, um, I don't know. I just, I didn't, I just didn't care. Yeah. I like, think, and it doesn't give you anything to care about. You're just kind of like, that was a cool set piece. Yeah. I think, I think the major issue is, and I enjoy it. I, I, like I said, I think it's a theme park ride. I think that these set pieces are fantastic. Um, that, Rome chase scene is is very similar to like something like the Italian. That was really yeah. fun. Chase that was like really even fun. maybe even well better. Done. It was so well done. They, probably better because of the fact that they had the budget to do it. Um, and that's where all the comedy comes in this movie. My, too, was that yeah? My issue with this film um, it, it is the same that you have. Uh, something like Mission Impossible Fallout has an intriguing espionage sort of story going on in between um, that keeps you drawn into it. Mm-hmm. Mission Impossible 3 also has a very engaging main antagonist. Sure. Do you yeah, have yeah, a yeah. wife? Do you yeah. have a girlfriend? Yeah. I'm going to find Philip Seymour Hoffman. I'm going to hurt her. Like, so, so even though like maybe the main thread of that film with the rabbit's foot isn't as interesting of an espionage story, you have an engaging antagonist. And I think S.A. Morales is doing a good job here, yeah. but he's not like, he's not super, it's not a super engaging character. It was- it's not a character whose motivations you really understand, except he's just like, I'm an anar- evil anarchist for reasons. He's yeah, like yeah. like guy who just wants to watch the world burn, sort yeah, of and, one and, of those like Joker villains. But he's like, I want to watch the world burn, burn, but I'm gonna watch, I'm gonna wear like a lot of LL Bean. I'm gonna listen to this computer tell me what to do. Listen, you so. gotta be you gotta be comfortable <laughs> sure, when you're yeah. in the world. And AI doesn't appreciate flashiness. Can't wear. I guess that's can't true. Can't wear a Gucci and Gabbana belt well, while you know, AI is, you know, hosting a party. I um, I thought that like Mrs. Day. Did you guys watch Mrs. Davis? On I haven't. It's no, on my I list. Not, it's no. it's good, and but it functions in the exact same way, but it has like real stakes yeah. to it. Um, is it just an AI take thing. Just an like, AI thing, but it's like it's gonna take over when you all said, of our like, movies. No, the great. you know the AI doesn't care about like Dolce yeah, and Gabbana. Like the AI in in Mrs. Davis would totally care about like wearing like Dolce and Gabbana stuff and like communicates with people and like talks. Um, and you kind of know where the AIs could be coming from. And it's not just like this, it's again, it's not just like this vague entity that's just like sitting there, like looking around. Like the AI and like Mrs. Davis has a goal and it's like working towards something. And then Mrs. Davis is, or, um, you know, uh, fucking. 
Uh, Betty Gilpin's character is like actively trying to like stop it or resist it. I love her. She's the main main character. That's that's the issue. There is like literally they say in this film that the entity is just looking around. Was it distracting you guys that they just kept calling it the entity? Yes. Was annoying the shit out of me the whole movie? I just wanted them to have give it a name of some sort. But when they kept saying the entity, it's capitalized. It is the entity. But the thing that kept popping into my head is the Hydra logo from like the Avengers. I was like, is it like an octopus? Like what? Like I don't get it. Like, why is it on a sub? Can it be anywhere? And why did it start on this? I guess it started on the sub. But like, why started on a fucking sub? Well, well its source code is at the sub. But, but just put the source code not on well, a sub. So now it's <laughs> like, unreachable. It's gonna, why is it going to make part two so fascinating? Well, I guess and that's what's going to gonna make Fast and the Furious <laughs> X2 so fascinating as well. Yeah. Well, and that's that. Yeah. I guess you could speak to that. Like, because... Jason Momoa's character also has like a Joker-esque sort of... Yeah. At least he has motivation. But he was much more charismatic. But he also has motivation because like, you know, I guess making up for his father's death. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. He and, that's, and that's the thing. Like, when your film legitimately says the entity's not doing anything, it's just looking around, but we don't know what it's going to do, mm-hmm. but it's going to do something, you gotta like give us a hook. Yeah. At least by your the end of your film. Like, uh-huh. understand this is a two-part <clears throat> film, so we gotta look at this as like, you know, the end of... Your your second act. Maybe yeah, that, we yeah, all knew going like, in. It's it probably was a five. It's probably one. like a, like a five six act story. You got to have a hook at the end to show like what the entity. What, like to what's do. the end game? Like what's what's its purpose? Yeah, is it going to like launch is, all the nuclear bombs at once because it can hack into everyone's? Yeah, we don't know if it's systems. doing a Skynet thing or anything. We, I might, feel like it's a Skynet thing. But. It probably it maybe just wants to like download all the porn. It's a really big fan <laughs> of Abigail Mack or something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't know who that is. It's a porn star. <laughs> uh, but that's the thing. We don't know what it's doing, and so. There's no espionage thing because there's no turn. Gabriel's evil from the beginning, evil in the end. So when you have those downturn moments of just quiet, like, of, of exposition, you know, they try to connect you with the Haley Atwell story, but that's a nothing burger. You just, you do end up just going like, I want to get to a set piece. Luckily, and I think the thing that works for this movie and makes me really enjoy it, is those exposition moments are We're like five, six sure. minutes. Very yeah. minimal. Because this movie is one like of the average. best, like, action movies that I've ever seen in... Who cares about the plot? Oh, for sure. It was just one of those things. It was, for me, it was, it, um, the action didn't feel, felt, didn't, the action didn't feel tied together to anything that mattered. And I was just, so like when he does, you know, the train scene, the motorcycle scene, the Rome chase, like, you know, all the Palm Clementine fight scenes, it was like, cool. And then like, and then like over. And then like the next one happens and you're like, that was cool. And then it's over. It's not, it's not like, it's not. It's not. There's, there's not no unified, unified yeah. idea here. It's, it's just like, like how many of these cool things can we throw into a movie? It's like the and taste, it's lots. Yeah, but who cares? It's like tasty clumps of cheesecake not held together by the graham cracker crust. But yeah, yeah. What the fuck would that would just be like a custard? Yeah. But it would be yeah. too thick and, and be not too sweet much. enough. Yeah, it'd be too much. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Can we get also more Pom Clementine in movies because she's really awesome in this? And I think you can now. <laughs> I hope I hope so. Well, she she's was got one more of these, and then, and then no more Guardians. So I hope she's in she's more free. stuff. She's free, but she's French though, right? No, so yeah. she might do a bunch of Celine Sciamma movies. No, mm-hmm. I think she's gonna stick to action. She's gonna Portrait of a Lady on Fire Part Two. <laughs> Cross the John Wick Point Part Five. <laughs> um, yeah, I think she likes making money. You're right. I didn't know that about her until until afterwards. I have a question. Are you done? Mission Impossible? Mission Impossible? 
in our next movie, did any money change hands? Like, was there any kind of like gain to Haley? And what's the other? What's the guy's name? Uh, Joss for bringing this hand over. No, I think they just it think was, it's a cool. They just it, want to do the TikTok. They videos. just want the. They want the content. Yeah, it's, it's a definitely yeah. a Gen Z thing. It's so just about the content. They have it like it's not like twenty. Because I thought I missed something. No, it's it's just. And again, for, it didn't matter. It didn't like affect my. I was just like, did that. Like, is there something to get? Okay. It's definitely a drug allegory, but the payment is those. See, and yes, I have a different... It's op- definitely a drug allegory. I have a different opinion of this, and we're going to be... This is, like, I think a good... We should never name the movie, by the way. <laughs> we're not talking about anything. Shut up, man. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, our next movie is Paw Patrol. Patrol. <laughs> <laughs> Just talk to me. You busy tonight? You want to turn, eh? My mum leaves at nine. So, so you're at ten. <laughs> Yes! Where'd you get it from anyway? Apparently it was the hand of someone who could connect with the dead. I heard it was the hand of a Satanist. The other hand's just out there. White people shit, man, I tell you. (laughs) All right, let's do this! You know the drill. Say, talk to me. Talk to me. Haley, fucking stop it, he's choking! 83 seconds, get it off him! What if we opened the door but we didn't shut it? Delete it. Delete it, come on! The spirits, they followed us. We have to do something! You want to do it again? Stop. What was it? What? I don't know! I let you in. I let you in. Oh my god. You get the kangaroo there in the end. Or the dog at the end of the trailer. I don't remember. Who wants to do this one? Do you want to do this one? Do you want to do this one? No, I don't do this. Okay. What dog? What are you talking about? Dog in the there's like the dog. Apparently, there's. I just threw the clip in, and there's like something whining, an animal whining. Well, it's, uh, it's either the bulldog or it's the kangaroo. It's the kangaroo. It's the kangaroo. Yeah, um, it's definitely the kangaroo. Mia just lost her, lost her mom a couple years ago. To uh, sus- you know, potentially suspicious reasons. She's not really sure. They're not really talking she about it. Overdosed on sleeping pills, as we know. Um, accidentally overdosed on yeah. sleeping pills. She's been living. Not getting along with her dad. She's been living at her friend um, Jaden's house. Jaden. Jade. Jade's house. Jade. Whose mother is played by Miranda Otto, Sue? which I did not know. Yeah, Who's a producer of this? Oh, it was yeah. good for her. She was so funny in this. Um, love Miranda Otto. Love it. Um, 
He's got a boyfriend who used to be Mia's boyfriend. It doesn't really matter. His name is Daniel, but he's there. He's very Christian. Um, he sucks. He's super Christian, except for the fact that he seems really into this demon hand. Super Christian guy would not be into Jade demon Jade doesn't hands. want to have anything to do with it, but the really ultra Christian guy, he is into demon hands. Um, oh, the demon hand, hand we're talking about is that there's two kids that are in their school that seem to have this, have come across this ceramic hand that when you hold it and you say, talk to me, and then you say, let me in. You're, I'll let you in. I'll, I'll let, you, let in. you in. You get possessed you by in. a demon, and then you have 90 a seconds. A spirit. You yeah. get 90 seconds to be pulled out of it, or uh, the they spirit can stay inside, stay inside, inside of you. This, um, and we'll, we'll go into some of the, like the major plot details as we talk about the movie. This leads to some uh, complications, <laughs> to say the least, for Mia. And Jade and their and their Riley. family that they've created there, yeah, especially her brother, who Yorgos Lanthimos himself like, <laughs> all over the place in that one scene. Uh, he's going to be in a Yorgos Lanthimos movie. Like, yeah, he does that. <laughs> he sells that really good. Um, and Mia has to figure out how to release Riley from what seems like a possession. A possession. Yes. Um. Go. Mario, you sent me two big bricks of text messages. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what? Are, are you, that was your review? My review is... That was your summary, I mean. Luckily, that was your plot summary? That was my summary. Luckily, I think for... I think we have a lot of talk about, probably. I liked it. So this is not going to be one of those things where I'm like passing it to you to be like, No, Mario, no! I was afraid you were going to be, because you're not... A big horror guy, and that, that movie scared the shit out of it me. It didn't. So that's the thing. It didn't scare me. I, just I did not was, sleep well last night. Oh, really? I thought <laughs> I it was not. super well done. Um, and it's it's because I'm not a horror guy. I push right up against all like all the tropes that are kind of like there. And it's the thing that's always going to get me on any like horror genre film is the things that they feel compelled to do because of you know what the genre re- requires of it. Which is, but I think this movie does those things really well, and I think there it's really smart about what those tropes are signifying um, in relation to this. This you know most of this movie's overall overall like yeah. theme. I think it's one of the best horror movies of the last several years, but it's it scared the shit out of me. Hmm. <laughs> like it, it really did. There's a couple like I covered my eyes. Like that's not something I normally do. Riley was he didn't have a lot of screen time, but when he was possessed. That was a lot for me. It was the good. It was the good stuff. That yeah. was kind of like the payoff for most of it. It was a lot. No, I think I think it's a fantastic horror movie, and I think the the duo of of Raka Raka, the the Philip brothers, um, have a intense like film vocabulary when it comes to horror. We have that opening sequence that winner, which is absolutely like dedicated to the opening of. It follows in some mm-hmm. degree. I felt that too. Like that is that is very much meant to be an it follows sort of homage. Um, and then it, it's what I think is, is incredible about this movie is, is how well it kind of paces itself up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you get those. It, it never really kind of does a lot of those jump scares. It does it kinda, no jump scares. Yeah, it's all it leads, plot driven. It leads very much like in its plot and all of its horror shots are very much telegraphed. But what I think it does extremely well is just kind of being unrelenting in what it's doing. Um, and I agree with him. It is a, it's a film that because of its tonality, because of its almost impeccable sound design, yeah. like, mm. there is parts where I thought P- 
people in my theater were like talking all around no, me. Oh yeah, yeah, that happened. And yeah, it was when, just kids. Yes. just kids in the. It's just kids. I in the, noticed uh, that as party. well. Or, yeah. was like, or when there was everyone... a ghost talking to her, I'm like, is yeah. that someone fucking wrong with me? In the there's back, a scene the towards theater? the end where she's where is she in her room? Yeah, it was in the room. That's and one where I thought starts I thought someone on the left back and it comes across. You can feel it go around and like that. Good. That yeah. was fucking that good. That freaked me out because I thought someone was fucking with everyone in the I theater. I did too. I was like, <laughs> I thought something was happening with the projector. And then, like, that same thing would happen to me when I went to see Oppenheimer. Is that, like, there's just, like, stuff that you're just kind of, like, you turn around and it's just in the sound design. But it sounds like there's machines breaking behind you. Oh, absolutely. But this was, I mean, this was much more. That was, that was what it needed to be. This was, like, very effective in creating, a, yeah, a, like, it, setting a mood and a tone. It has, it has to, to that extent, this, like, William Castle feel to it. And, you know, these guys got their start on YouTube, where they're kind of like that kitschy sort of, um, you know, tropiness is needed, like, mm-hmm. to, to focus in on those component parts to draw the views. Uh, like, this is kind of all that thrown together into a stew, and it works extremely well. But I think from a storytelling perspective... Yes, it, it, it notices its tropes. It, it pushes into the tropes. Thing. Yeah. I think it, there, there's like one part that like didn't really work for me. Which was? Um, that's Miranda Otto when's character, when uh, Riley's body's gone, like, because Mia's taken it. And she's like, where's, where's Riley? Yeah, that was. I was, like, I was like, that bitch would be freaking the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> Miranda Otto is so great as the, the hyper paranoid mom of, with her children was just, I don't know, just made me laugh. Like, that was the best, like, levity in the movie. Yeah, I thought she was, uh, and especially we'll, we'll kind of dig into some of the themes in a little bit, but um, I thought she was great at selling all of those as as well. I thought she was really good. I thought she was a really, I didn't know that I wanted her until, like, I saw her there, and I was like, oh, she's just, like, a perfect anchor for, like, what's happening, exactly. like, on one level of this, and you know that, like, under, especially because we're not getting any of Mia's dad, like, at all until, like, the very end of the movie. Like, there has to be one parent, like, Kind of going through, because especially because the one parent we see until we meet um, Miranda Otto's character is that mom who's like cutting up limes in that party. She's cutting up carrots. Is she cutting up carrots? Australian moms are different. I was like, there's like a ranger happening in her house. She's like, can you get your your brother out of here? He's being really weird. (laughs) Kids need some vitamin C while they're raging. It's a beta carotene. They need that crudita for for their. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And demon. But so the thing the thing that I think works perfectly for this film, and this is, you know, probably one of my favorite horror films since it follows. Mm-hmm. Um just because of how effective it is. Or um Nightingale. The Nightingale's that's, not really that's a tough, less that's of a, a less of a horror and more of just like a that's a tough drama. Tough drama, yeah. Um is the fact that it, it so wisely ramps up into that part where you know, you see where the spirits want to show Mia where Riley is. Yeah. One of the most absolutely terrifying things of this teenage boy just getting torn the fuck apart by these bloody demons. And it's, it's, it's not in a, it's not in a way where, you know, it's so telegraphed, like something like event horizon, which still scared the shit out of me as a kid, but it just has this, um, screaming mad George society esque kind of viscerality to it. And that's the thing that I really enjoy about this movie is like a lot of the makeup effects have this real viscerality, real, closeness to it and all the horror and all those moments of the possession become so unsettling connected with that sound design to the points where like legitimately one of the few horror films where I was like I kind of want to like walk out of this at mm. parts because I just like this is one of those few films where I was kind of like curling up at parts or just like not wanting to see what I was yeah, seeing I was squirming because, I was squirming in yeah, my seat <laughs> because of how effective 
um, Raka Raka's knowledge these, of horror. These guys is. know what the fuck they're doing. Yeah, it's I'm, it's it's I'm something surprised. that. It was. It's a film that that knows it's a trope. It knows it's it's a possession movie. It follows those hallmarks and just follows it to that that solid beat. They it do doesn't. Really it doesn't good. repeat the fact of her like worst horror, her worst hell, just being like forgotten and not seeing herself in the mirror, sort of thing, and just like that hell of just blackness. Mm-hmm. And that's where you know Mia ends up in the end. And the way that's kind of done is just so perfect calm and slow but so perfectly unsettling that you're just kind of left feeling empty and I mm. think horror movies should leave you one of two ways it should either leave you feeling positive and having an uplifting kind of comedy experience in the you know the Greek terms of comedy of having an upward trajection or feeling absolutely devoid of everything and having a real nihilistic touch mm-hmm. and this movie like does that nihilism to absolute Perfection. Were you familiar with these guys before this movie at all? I had seen some of their videos. You're, you're more of an online person. Than me, yeah, so. I had seen some of their videos. I appreciate the fact that we see the sidemen <laughs> in the YouTube video. I was like, oh, the sidemen are in a movie. That's good for them. That? <laughs> That's the, um, the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire oh, segment. Oh, yeah. They're, yeah. they're a really popular British. And they're uh, doing the, what's that, that stupid frog, the, the phone ring of Daniel? Oh, yeah. Uh, was the annoying frog or yeah, I can't stupid remember frog it was, or whatever? Exactly. That's, it's, it's that's from like twenty years ago. It's a perfectly like it's it's the first movie I've seen that's definitely like a Gen Z film, and I don't know how old they are. Yeah, but I mean, it definitely is, and that's kind of where. So you guys made reference to it being a um, like a drug movie before, and there's that's definitely there. But I wonder if it's more because it's a Gen Z movie. If it's more about. My impression was that it was more about these like parasocial relationships that like people form with with things and like, you know, the scene where Mia and and Daniel are like in the bed together and like she's just like nobody there's no sex in this movie so it's one of those horror movies where like the you know the guy is Christian so there's no chance they're gonna fuck like you know um, I mean that dog was gonna get some <laughs> yeah, he was, dog got he some was <laughs> that carpeted too even so. the Haley character was I thought was purposefully. Um, Androgynous. Androgynous. Yeah. Like, so there's, there's, it's, this movie is not about sex, and like, sex is just another means of connection. There's also no connection in this movie, so there's a bunch of times where like, they focus on people holding hands, or like when Jade goes into the car after Riley's been like, beating the fuck out of himself, and you know, um, Miranda Otto's smoking, and like, she puts her hand on her, she pulls her hand away, and um, there's just kind of this, this craving for like, real, honest, um, genuine connection and everyone's just like like you said like they, they're doing it for the content everyone's just kind of on their phones everyone's very detached from what's happening I think that really the thing this movie is very I was more um, I, I saw this in Oppenheimer on the same day which is today the day that we're recording and I kind of thought the same thing about both movies like technically it's just really smart and so the idea that like when they're possessed they or when the when the spirit enters them their physicality changes and nobody seems to care at first. Like, or like... Often they don't, think it's fake. Or, or just something. They think it's like staged. a bullshit thing. But like it happens to everybody. And they must have seen it like a million times. But they're so detached the, from yeah. the they're situation that, that they're not wrong. noticing yeah. that this person is not... Like this isn't... And again, the funny thing is like they're laughing at it because it's just like so uncomfortable. You know, and people laugh at it for a lot of reasons. But... In this, they seem to be laughing at it because they're so detached from it. They don't see the suffering. They just see, like, the 
you know, absurdity of like a person like their head going back for a while and then they're going to say something crazy and they're like, that's as long as they get out in 90 seconds, like nothing really matters. Um, I thought that was pretty, that was pretty um, self-aware for a couple of, uh, of what we assume to be like Gen Z. Yeah, like high school whatever. Um, I was thinking the high school. The director. The director. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, to be to be commenting on, you know what I mean? Like all she wants is like this hug, and then from her, like she wants to connect with her dad, and then the mom tells him that like that's not a real connection, and then she goes upstairs, and then the da- what she thinks is her dad is like pounding on the door, um, you know. So even that God, connection that is like bullshit. So it would have been heartbreaking if it would if I wasn't just too mad that it was too like telegraphed. It was too tele- It was yeah, too I, perfect I for like a horror coming, movie. But it, it, I, it was telegraphed for me. Like I knew he was going to get stabbed in the throat. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad he didn't die. I mean, he's got like for some, sure. He's me got too. Some, he's got some shit to live with. Both of his 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 wife and, and daughter committed suicide. Or fucking psychos. Yeah, but it was but it was it was a minor his thing. His daughter wasn't a psycho. His daughter was possessed by a demon. I, I was honestly, I was waiting for the um, the other hand to come somehow make it a. They, I, thought, they, I assumed it was going to get cracked somehow too, and I read well, the other because the they were talking. They made a reference to the other hand, the medium's hand. Yeah, and I was it like, is. When is uh, it? The Italians are using their other hand. It was it because I coun't I couldn't yeah. remember which hand was which. So no, the, that Italians, is the, Italian the Italians are okay. using the separate hand. Okay, then it was. That's so then that and that's okay. one of the things that like so I read that in a review that too, like how it sets up. Perfectly like a, a sequel, There's and I was no, like, no, 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 "Don't do this. a sequel." Like, this, just this is a perfect. But it's making yeah. money, and they're no. like, you know, it's, it's not a blow. Making, no, it's, it's making a, money-ish. No, it's a twenty-four uh, though. They're just going to ask them to make another horror movie, maybe. And I think and I they unless yeah. they wanted to make a sequel because they let Ty West do whatever he wants. And Ty yeah. West is like, I'm making three of these Mia Goth movies, and they're like, whatever. Well, they're working on a Street Fighter movie, so we'll see how that goes. Unless Raul oh, Julia is in it, then I don't care. No, and that's I, I do think there's like two things going on with it. I do think like the drug aspect of it's very obvious in terms of like sure. the inhalation they, and like getting the, the eyes, yeah. the the eye divulging and whatnot, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and like escaping forward and trying well, to get more and more. Well, the of way that Mia hit. describes it when she gets out, like she felt detached and like free, and like it felt like nothing else she ever felt but, before. That's why Riley wanted to try it, and then that didn't go well. But to your point, <laughs> but to your point, the entire fact that like there's this thing is a hand. It's a tactile hand that you can reach out and yeah. touch and have a connection to and have somebody, in something you. come into you. Yep. Um, meanwhile, people are just kind of looking at you through a screen. Yeah. Uh, I, th- I think does agree to that point. I think, I think both things are kind of happening. For sure. At yeah. That moment. And, and yeah, I think, I think that works. It works as like, you know, the best horror films will have tell a, a decent co- convincing story. Mm-hmm. And I think this does that job. Yeah. I mean, it's not a great story. It's a very kind of and it kept story. it really small too, which, yeah, which makes small. for a good a horror movie. If well, you keep I, it small, yeah. I love horror movies with small body counts too, because yeah. two people die in this movie. If, if the dad had died, well, let's count the mom. If, yeah, if the dad had died, I would have felt a little different about it. I would have because it seemed like a very unnecessary. It seemed like they were going to start stacking him up there at the end, and oh, I was just yes. like, "Yeah, I was like, this is going to like." It's it's the same thing. I because it's because it's me. We've had this conversation on the podcast for years now. I have trouble like suspending like super disbelief in all of these movies. So I'm always wondering like what happens like the next day, and if like the body count gets too high of like innocent teens and like their parents just getting killed, like that community is wrecked. And so you've just made a movie, 
And this is my problem with like all these with, with like Halloween. You know what I mean? I'll never gotta buy Halloween because like that community never recovers from whatever that is. Yeah, David Gordon Green tried to do it, just never failed. Again, and I'm not gonna say where I work. I think I've said it before, but I'm I'm just like out of courtesy. Like, I know what I like. I work there now. Those communities aren't are never the same ever. Yeah. Even if they seem the same, they're fucking not the same. So if, again, if a demon possession means that like ten people got stabbed in the throat with scissors or something, and like this teenager did it. It's wrecked. And then I and then like some of the power of the film comes off because like you said, it becomes less of an insular, like family personal saga and becomes this like, you know, like a social commentary. It's just like, oh my God. It'd be too big. So I was I was very happy that the dad didn't die, that Riley recovered, and then it's just like this. Yeah, Riley died dying would have ruined this for me. Yeah. Probably some probably some brain damage. Probably Probably gonna have to have a walk. In the little like half second that we saw him. He seemed happy. Yeah. yeah. He's walking. As soon as Mia was dead. I, I do always yeah. and this is, and this is not a commentary of the film, but I do love when they're talking to the police. They're just not like, hey, listen, just touch this hand really quick and say talk to me. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that explains it. Yeah. Plus well, so you have a demon hand, huh? Well, we got one of those last week. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Phil, get out of here. Just another case of a demon head. It was, very, tro- demon it was very tropey, too, that like they had a bad idea of how what to fix think? it first. What do you think? No, they, like, no, Riley, no. they yeah. put it in Riley's hands. Like, you can't fucking say it, so it's not going to work. Yeah. Like, even I know that. I was I'm rolling my there. eyes at that part. But, but yeah. that, was, again, that was part of the trope. But, they but, have to have a bad also, idea. It's also high school kids trying to figure this shit out. And high school kids are dumb. And by the point, like, the little girl says, like, I, you know, let myself in like obviously that demon is already inside of her so that works and they surprised me because i did not uh, that was one of those things that i did not see coming what do we think the demon dick is and what happens if you touch it and say talk to me i don't know it's a it's a medium it's not a demon they explain it at the beginning of the movie the spirits are demons it's definitely a demon i'll say this too my one other flaw of the movie Subjects of demons. I mean, there's a lot of flaws, just, but they're not. Be, it's the horror movies. You got to just let them. No, go. no, just can't be old people. Just do something different. Don't make it like an old lady being like, ah, 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 "We're never gonna let him go." It's like, okay, old lady. Yeah, definitely. Like when I saw that, I very, Christ. I very much felt um, "Drag Me to Hell" esque. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I, I was thought like, that this feels exactly. like the old lady from "Drag Me to Hell." And then again, they they paid it off beforehand by showing you like what's going on down there. But after that, and when Mia called it out earlier, when she first got the hand, she's called out them wanting Riley so bad. Like that was a that was they should have known. They should have fucking known. Don't let don't let Riley touch it. Yeah, he's got his friend was no good. He He was really good acting possessed though. That was bonkers. Yeah, I think it freaked me out. Like it freaked me out. Performances all around are really good. Mia, I want to see her. Sophie Wilde does an incredible job in this. Sophie Wilde, yeah, yeah. Of, of she Carrie. was fantastic. Yeah, it's it's overall like a as a horror fan. If you're a horror guy, I would definitely overwhelmingly. I wouldn't recommend this to people that don't that are a little squeamish. I would fully recommend it. <laughs> well, do it, motherfuckers. <laughs> this is gonna show up on Hulu. It's a twenty four. Wherever wherever people want to buy it, but this so movie scared the shit out of me. Usually, so. get, yeah. Titan right, was on Hulu too, so you know. People on Hulu. I thought they, you said Catan. 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 More, more car sex that we're, that we're doing um, again. Because you guys talked about a lot last in your Cormac McCarthy. That's true. But no, I, I would say like the thing that sticks to me for this is just that that quick shot of the hell sequence. It's it's that fucked me up. It's society. Did not like it. 
it's society, it's event horizon, you know, it's but it, a writhing body. It was, it's scarier than those. You almost want, see, I think I, I like Have you the seen event society? Hor- um, it's a 1989 horror movie. I don't I'd, think I, I have. Would, I would doubt you've seen Society. No. I just kind of wanted. Ben so I thought that scene really. Stuff. I thought that scene worked. There was a part of me that was hoping for more. I closed like, my eyes a little bit. So was maybe. just thought it would be like more like. I think it just fill, but you could fill in the blanks. You if, could if you're for horror, sure. If you're a horror person, like that's what. Right. And that's why I think the best. And that's why I think works extremely yeah. well in this movie. Less is, is more on that one. Filling I think. in yeah. a lot of the blanks. That's what and my brain did, and it probably those that's blanks why it are me more up. horrific yeah. than what you're seeing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just ruined. Yeah. And when the the ghost kept saying they're we're gonna split them in half, like that was that that fucked me up. I don't like that. Yeah, but the, yeah, again, and this is like the thing I, we <laughs> talk. I didn't like it. Man. We talk about this all the time in this podcast. Like, no, I said how, something crude. How's that, uh, Jack built? Like, he just would have split them in half. And then we just would have watched Matt Dillon split a kid in half. Well, and that's and that's and not then really s- sew them back together and then really, say hi to him. See, that's not it's because people call that a horrific movie, but it's horrific in its banality. But right? that's what and that's the thing. That's from like a horror movie. Yeah, I that's what I want. Yeah, I want you to commit to doing like the thing because I, like I didn't get it. So I told my kid I was like, oh, I saw this horror movie. They're like, it wasn't scary, and I was like, I wasn't scared. But it was super well made, and I could see how, like, if someone was like into this stuff, that they would be scared by it. I'm not into it, and it scared the shit out of me. So, but I like I the thing. I like the I oh, like uh, degradation I, in films. I just want it to be like, I just want it to be heavy. I want well, it to have like weight. Also, Martin always said like, if anyone brings that hand around me, I'm not fucking touching it. That's gonna be a Halloween no, no, costume. No, no People chance. Just showing up with that. Hand that fucking hand. hand, it's going to be, yeah, everyone's like trick-or-treat, like, yeah. I'm going to put my mouth on it. <laughs> just like on Daniel's foot? I'm going to put my mouth on it. See Daniel, what poor Daniel. Could you imagine <laughs> that guy had a hard <laughs> time. Just put your mouth on it, demon's like, but I don't want any part of this. I'm getting the fuck out of here. Is this a fungus? Jesus, man. See, Gary, wash your feet. Um, is there any way we can get to wash your feet from... Well, oh, here's a problem. could do? Sometimes you wash your feet, and sometimes you wash your hands of something. Mm. But then you can't wash your hands Sometimes of things you've created. And sometimes Harry Truman just and waves, a, <laughs> waves a handkerchief in his and, face. And sometimes you're a communist, and he says, never let him in my office again. Oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> um, were you, just really quickly, were you as equally as angry as me when you just fucking Gary Oldman popped yeah, up? Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. So we're going to do some we'll plot description, it. and then we're going to throw this... Directly to JP, who saw it most recently and who hasn't talked yet. So I know everyone's like waiting to hear what you have to say yeah, I'm gonna go to about Oppenheimer. This is a national emergency. Detonator charged. against the Nazis. And I know what it means if the Nazis have a bomb. They have a 12-month head start. 18. How could you possibly know that? We've got one hope. All America's industrial might and scientific innovation connected here. Secret laboratory 
Keep everyone there until it's done. Let's go recruit some scientists. Build a town, build it fast. If we don't let scientists bring their families, we'll never get the best. Why would we go to the middle of nowhere for who knows how long? Why? Why? How about because this is the most important thing to ever happen in the history of the world? You're the great improviser, but this... you can't do in your head. Are we saying there's a chance that when we push that button, we destroy the world? Chances are near zero. Near zero. What do you want from theory alone? Zero would be nice. No, I, I'm being uh, doing a sober month. Yeah. All right, so yeah, we're moving on to uh, East Rock. It's go season, strawberry and lemon. Um, it's a 4.5, a slightly tart German-style wheat beer made with a hint of strawberry, lemon, coriander, and sea salt. Coriander and everything. They do. They uh, found a, a Ooh, surplus like of coriander. Oh my god! I like this a lot. Love it. The strawberry just cuts the the, the, the Meyer the, lemon the from the perfect. Yeah, yeah. it was good. Okay. It was good. I mean, it wouldn't be breaking if I took a sip. Just take a sip. That's no. not breaking a. a no, dollar, you're right? fine. No. That's pretty tasty. Mm. Oh no! I got oh it. shit. Right now you're gonna go crazy. <laughs> no, we were drinking like a fucking drawn and quartered. You took a sip of that. Yeah, yeah that's, pretty, no that's pretty good. It's um, I like. I don't. Carb, I don't though, like so. the malty finish that it has though. I'm not getting a malt finish. Really. I got like a bit of a, a little malty. bit, but I think it mixes with the lemon really well. Yeah, I don't, I'm getting like just a touch of the strawberry. Um, the strawberry is not super strong, but the lemon kind of comes out. It just like cuts into much, the. Yeah. It just cuts in the sweetness of the strawberry. Whatever it makes there a little is, tartness cuts out of the lemon. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Oppenheimer. I, I do prefer this this wild. Now you're in a purple. Boobly, yeah, purple um, flavored purple. We're Boobly. talking about Oppenheimer. It's the new Christopher Nolan movie starring Killian Murphy as Oppenheimer. It is the story of literally the adult life story of Robert J. Oppenheimer. No, J. J. Robert J. Robert Oppenheimer, um, who I listened to some of the book, and apparently it's J really stands for nothing. Yes. Yeah, they, they mentioned they that mentioned in, that in the, the movie. movie. Um, <clears throat> Uh, it it goes. When does it start? Like nineteen twenty six. Nineteen twenty six, and then it ends um, not with his death, but with the confirmation. Uh, hearings. Uh, well, of, no, he gets he gets the award from Johnson, right? Um, but really, it kind of hinges on the what, like fifty seven, fifty four confirmation. 50, yeah, so, yeah, so sixty three is where it ends. Yeah, um, where it's the Henry Confirmation um, Award. And the central the confirmation central, of Louis Strauss. Yeah, um, who or was like his not. Oh, spoiler alert! Um, in case anyone was we don't spoil, watching the whole we movie, don't, like we spoil oh, he didn't. What the hell? Um, my favorite section. Alden Ehrenreich just took it away from him. <laughs> um, this the movie really hinges on the idea or on the story about the creation of uh, the atomic bomb um, at Los Alamos um, and the uh, the original the Trinity test of of that first atomic bomb. Um, in the desert, uh, this is kind of like a who's who cast wise, as as these films tend to be. So, like, Jason like, Clark, just fucking shitting it up all over the place. <laughs> I fucking hate Jason. What about Rami Malek? When I said, well, him too, but I was happy that he played. Like, it's so funny that like this, like, there's no deference to Rami Malek. They're like, 
oh, Rami Malek's going to be in this movie. What's he going to be? He's going to be this milk toast piece of shit who can't hold fucking pencils and has a clipboard. He's like, oh. And he always has something in his mouth. Oh, fuck that guy. I was, never really, big enough, I, guess. I was really disappointed that he actually had dialogue. I, I wish they just had him smirking he, a couple he, times. He had like three lines, but they he were not had, good. If he should have had that Josh Peck single line, <laughs> looking at the looking his finger over a button. No, it seemed like it. Well, no, but that was awesome. It seemed like he was going to be relegated to just like dropping a pencil and having Oppen, or Oppen, Oppenheimer taking his fucking pencil from him and putting it in his pocket and just being like, "Get the fuck out of here." Um, you know, uh, there's. Um, we'll go through like who plays who as we're like talking about the movie. I think, but you got Robert Downey Jr., Florence Pugh, Emily Blunt, Matt Damon, who I thought was great in Fantastic. this. Fantastic. And yeah. Uh, yeah. we've talked about it a little bit on the podcast. I'm not like a huge Damon, like a Damon head. I'm kind of like lukewarm on like his newer stuff. I don't always buy what he's. I think selling. this is his best performance he's ever had. Fantastic. He's fucking great in it. Um, David Dostmalkian, who I he, skipped I, a whole bunch of people just to mention. David I love. I, but he's I so love good. him in everything. So. Um, who else we got? Uh, Andre Brower. David Krumholtz is really good in this. Too. Uh, David Krumholtz is so we're talk we talk about lists all the time. I'm like I refrain from like making lists too hard. David Krumholtz was like the one person from this movie that like has cemented himself on a list for supporting actor because he's so fucking good. Well, Downey Junior is good. <clears throat> Eat. <laughs> so good. Oh, I know he's gonna get it, but David Krumholtz is. Like he's fantastic. We're talking about the pivotal film awards, the ones that matter, the ones that matter the most. Uh, and we'll we'll go into a little bit of like Casey Affleck, in like eh. throwing fucking heaters, just being like I'm a sadistic asshole. Yeah, aren't I? And he's like, yes, <laughs> yes. I, I was I was happy to see Olivia Thurmby thoroughly, yeah, in a decent in a decent size role. Well, especially because I really like. And this well, is, she kind of disappeared <clears throat> for a while. This is yes, she did. This is really just because of um, face shape that I've like made this comparison, but I've so fucking had had it with Margaret Qualley that like the triangle shaped actors, like <laughs> female actors, I just want them. I, I just replace all of Margaret Qualley's parts with uh, Olivia Thurlby. I feel like she's been doing all of those parts forever. <laughs> Whatever. She's in That's enough. Did you watch Sanctuary yet? No. It's, it's terrible. No. But he's fucking great because he's always great. We're talking about Christopher Abbott, who's become like our. We gotta like, wait. We gotta wait with Craven the Hunter. I know, but like, it's it doesn't matter. It's enough with the Margaret Qualley stuff. Benny Safdie who's having a moment. He was really good. Yeah, good. He was good, and he was good in uh, Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. And I like him as a filmmaker. So but he's apparently done doing that for a long time. Right. Really. Right. Yeah. yeah. So like, JP. You're gonna get us started on like the most anticipated pivotal film review segment in the history of this year's pivotal film iteration. What did you think? You went and qualified it this year. No. Uh, well, I didn't see it on IMAX, so this disqualifies my did opinion completely. It? I right? saw it on Cinemark 8XD. Yeah, <laughs> I, saw it, I saw it regular, too, and it satisfied me. Yeah. The, 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 the sound just in the XD made it worth it. Did you make this sound? Uh, uh. <laughs> A bunch of other people did. <laughs> Um, I liked it a lot. I mean, I'm a Nolan fan. Same. Um, the framing device was weird to me, but only because I don't think history remembers that the whole um, issue of of them kind of trying to bang him down mm -hmm. as a communist. So that having that as a framing device was odd. 
Um, but um, the uh, you know the build up, the twenty minute build up to the test is just what you go to the movies for. Yeah, and I I think the biggest one of the biggest things for the for me with this was the score. It was really good. Yeah, I kind of missed the Hans Zimmer riffs. I missed all the riffs. Yeah, but like. Jorensen tries to do the riffs at times as well. He does, but it was a little more subdued, and I feel like it worked better. I do too. I think the Hans Zimmer would have been uh, particularly in the build-up to the test. It is pretty incredible. I know. I just I always like a I like a good. I always look forward to a good heavy metal riff in the middle of a Christopher Nolan movie with like a eighty-piece orchestra behind him. But no, I thought this was the atmosphere, like set the atmosphere Mm -hmm. of like everything, and I I liked again. I you know. We talked about this a couple weeks ago with Tears of the Kingdom. I really like when they link up like emotional up. like uh, beats to like a, like movement and sound. So there was these moments all the time where like the score would be like when like something would bad would be happening to Oppenheimer, and I was like, "That's cool." I was like, uh, "That works." It's, it's it was a of, little heavy handed, but it's very heavy handed. But I think this movie is, despite all its like. Attempts to be like not an art house movie, but like something more. It's a three hour popcorn movie, like you know, on its face that's got a huge fucking explosion you know, in the middle of it. And you know, the pacing's great for the first two hours. At yeah, least. I was gonna say the pacing in the first two hours, the last hour after the bomb, kind of the pace is a little slow. It just it rips along. He gives you the information you need or the scientific information you need yeah. without getting too bogged down in it. And uh, to your point, like Matt Damon's character almost serves as like the audience surrogate. Yeah, in that. to like move yeah. it along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, nerds, get your shit in line. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, probably a lot of people are getting award nominations for this, right, Damon? Yeah. Maybe. I think, yeah, I think Robert so. Downey's. I mean, they're, they're not going to. It depends what gets released because of the stupid strike. So, is there a chance that they sneak in a couple of supporting, act, uh, you know, a couple of supporting More actor nominations one. here? It's possible. Yeah. Um, you know, Robert De Niro already has one. I'm assuming for Killers of the Flower Moon. Yeah. But does like <laughs> Jesse Plemons also get one for Killers of the Flower Moon? And so, who knows? But it's possible that the Oscars this year just turn into the Emmys, where all the supporting actor and drama get. Divvied up between two two shows. Yeah. I mean, it should be Glenn Howerton, but we'll we can talk about that some other time. <laughs> sure. <laughs> let's, let's let's go right back there, Andy. No, I've actually read this really. Um, I've been I read this interesting interview with him, where he was just kind of like, "I'm not like that'd be cool. This is not gonna happen." But that would be an independent spirit award for sure. Yeah. Um, also, wasn't Josh Hartnett not terrible? He was great. Oh, he was great. Yeah, he's very good. But he, I think he's been good for a little he's bit a in like under the radar I, things. I can't remember. He the was last just happy to be on a ranch. He was on Peaky. <laughs> he was in Peaky Blinders. Um, or uh, no, on um, what's the other one that takes place in that? Like Carnival period? Row or whatever. The like the kind of like horror that was the Orlando one. Bloom one. No, it's kind of like a horror one that he was on. Yeah, what's it, it called? It wasn't um, the Fear Index. No. Black Mirror he was in. Oh, that was is, actually pretty solid. Did you see great, great Black Mirror this year? Great conversations we're having here. It is good conversations. Because uh, Penny Dreadful. Penny the, Dreadful, yeah. He was in Wrath of Man a couple years ago. Solid. 
No, I think I always like like Josh Hartnett. I think he just got pigeonholed into like being like, like a hot a, guy. Yeah, and he's now now that he's older. I think he's gonna settle into that. He was good. Role. I thought he like held his own. He was like, great. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I really this cast was phenomenal, and I uh, unlike what happened in um, After Eight City, no one utilized everybody properly. I feel like. Wes Anderson did not get to everyone. He didn't get to everyone. And again, my, my, we talked about it in the review. My um, appreciation of that movie is, is ill-defined. It like hit like just the right way for me to be like, that was good. That was, I'm just comparing like huge, like huge cast. Those two movies. Sure. Everyone in Hollywood. pretty. Everyone worked in a Christopher Nolan movie. It seemed like Christopher Nolan had a pretty good control over like what everyone was supposed to be doing. So like everyone, like all the scientists, they all had their, not necessarily their role in, in creating, like, the atom bomb, but, like, in the context of the film, they all film, had their yeah. lines that they needed to get out to, like, round this situation out and make it, make you understand it. Um, even, like, Kenneth Branagh coming in for a minute, just, you know, as, you know, Niels Bohr just yeah. kind of being like, think about this. Hey, and then I'm he was here, like, and then I'm out. Yeah, he's like, I'm not I'm not going to fucking help you, man. I got to go do haunting in Venice. <laughs> Which nobody asked for. Tina Fey in a drama. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> you can take that shit. Oh, man. That looks so bad. Third one now? Uh, yeah. yeah. Nobody wanted so, like a so second one. just what he's doing now. I know. Um, but it was good. I mean, I, I, I liked it. It was weird watching it after talk to me because there was like a, in, the, in the middle of the movie... Like before the Trinity, before Leslie Groves shows up, I was like, I definitely like talk to me more than this movie because I don't care about this. Like Robert, J. Robert Oppenheimer's cool and everything. I'm not like super interested in like the, the minutia of like developing his like communist reputation and stuff like that. And then it kicks in the high gear and then you're just like, oh, I buy all that stuff. And I actually kind of like the third hour. Um, I did too. It just felt like a different Didn't seem to match. So I spoiled a little bit by listening to some other pods. I know that's not... I shouldn't be doing that. But... uh, You're allowed. (laughs) They're just not as good as this You know, where I heard the third hour's drags... It didn't drag at all. It's a little different tone, but... uh, Yeah, the tone's different. It works for me. It's fine. When I I said that it was like I felt all the three hours, it was just like... It's just so heavy that like you're just really like the movie, even though it's like moving really... It's moving at a good pace. It's, it's just very so frenet- much it's frenetic because but even in its everyone's talking so the whole much. Time. Yeah, um, I lo- people criticize Nolan for his dialogue, but I fucking I think this is fantastic. I, I, this is one of, if not his best movie. Mm. It's it's like it's not my favorite, but it's up there. Yeah, it's it's not my favorite I mean, either. The oh, Dark Knight is still going to be my favorite. Yeah, Dark Knight is my favorite. Here. Inception. A lot know. of people. Dark Knight and Interstellar in this for me, but it's but it was good. Yeah, I thought it was. I I enjoyed the fucking shit out of it, and I um, we'll talk. I want to talk like a little bit more about that when we talk about our next movie, but um, I thought it was good. Again, I I saw five movies in the last like <laughs> three days, ten days or something. <laughs> with you know, starting with. Mission Impossible, and then ending with, you know, Oppenheimer today. Um, they were all good. Like, they, they all made me happy on some level. Um, 
I was like winging at Mario. Like while we were having this, the three of us were having this conversation because he gave me like a spoiler alert. So I'm ready for. Oh, I was just wondering if we're going to like heat. We're ready the, for Mario to no, hate no, this. No, we're ready for just moved on the Barbie. We all, collective, just, we all collectively <laughs> like sensed what was going to happen. We, we're I, waiting I, for Mario I, to hate this movie. So let's I go. I don't hate it. I find it to be incredibly mediocre and middling. I find it to be. I find it to have. You're wrong. I find it to have direction <laughs> in its first two hours when it's focusing on the building of the Trinity chest. Chest. The Trinity test when uh-huh. it's focusing on the strife, the interpersonal <laughs> kind of family strife with uh, Jean and his wife. But um, Nolan isn't a good enough director to create this sort of, uh, not really espionage, but to create this political drama. The, he telegraphs the moment in which you're realizing that this film is both like the trial of Robert Downey, of Louis Strauss and the mm-hmm. trial of G. Oper- Robert Oppenheimer in an hour and a half in when you realize the black and white versus the color sequences when they're in the uh, Chicago ballroom looking at the picture and he sees like the water droplets yeah. and goes back to color. I disagree. I don't think Christopher Nolan has a strong grasp of dialogue. I, I feel as though he needs to constantly hold a person's hand. Uh, the thing that frustrates me, and that's what frustrates me about this movie, it's populist garbage. It's, it's a film... That is made to make a viewing population think they know what a great film is. Sure, I and and yeah. I am done with that. I, 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 and I, I don't. I just do not at all find this movie engaging. When the Trinity bomb drops at an hour and forty, I'm I'm in it, and I'm like, that's that's good. Yeah, let's have a quick twenty minutes to do like what happens afterwards and get out of here. But then he's like, no, I have more of a story to tell, and it's like, yeah, Nolan, you're not. A good enough filmmaker to tell that story. I, 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 I'm going to throw right. To, so I'm going to throw right to you, JP. I just I don't. I think you're onto something. I think he was determined to show the development of. He was determined to show the development of this guy's life and beliefs and like, and I, I have a specific reference I will I'll talk about like after um, JP. But I think you're not wrong that like it seemed I, I, after Trinity went off, I was like. You could do a couple of things here and then just like end this. He's Richard Donner, and then he just didn't. He's not Oliver Stone. <laughs> he think he would love to be Oliver Stone. Mm. Yeah, um, I do. Th- I honestly thought there would be more on the actual how the how the bomb worked, how how they. To your point, it is a lot of glossing and a lot of um, holding holding the audience's hand. But you kind of have to in this day and age, you know? Yeah, the thing that this reminded me of more than anything, and I really like that too, under, like, in the right context, is Hamilton. Is that Hamilton is a perfectly constructed entertainment. If you are going to Hamilton to learn about like American history, then you're doing it wrong. But, like, when you're watching it, you know, the Trinity, the 20 minutes of Trinity pays off like a, like pays a lot of debts in this, you know what I mean? In both in both directions, I think. Yeah, you should, it's, you should have an action it's the um, you know the the whole beginning part with the poison apple and 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 like just some of like the Emily Blunt stuff and like the the very humorous like Florence Pugh things in there, which don't have to be in there, but like they just wanted to. They bring levity. They bring levity, but they also like they they and need. Heaviness. He's so <laughs> determined to. He's so determined to prove or to do that whole the whole ending sequence where they're like, you know, showing how he was a comic. He was real, like t- 
talking to communists for a long time. So they needed to get her. They needed to have that last scene with her in 43 where he's like, you're in, still in 43. You're talking to communists. Like you could just say he was a communist without having to go through like every single way that he was related to communists. Um, but, and it pays off Jason Clark being in a lot of the end of the movie. Um, but it's, it's way more, this is kind of the stuff I want to talk about when we talk about Barbie. The Trinity stuff, that whole middle section from Leslie Groves until like the speech that he gives in the auditorium where he kind of like freaks out the, is the, like the, the pep rally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, That was it phenomenal. Was, <laughs> it was, I don't know. I really felt that. as solid. It was for me that worked better as an action movie than Mission Impossible. See, I, because I, it seemed like it had like a real fucking weight to it that Mission Impossible just kind of like I felt it in my at. chest with the sound design during that when they were stomping on what, the and I, yeah. when they showed the four when they showed the clock finally and it was like 44 seconds I was like oh shit like I'm fucking ready for this yeah and I agree in I, a I way think, that I wasn't for any part of Mission Impossible I think Nolan's a better action director than McQuarrie my my biggest issue and I guess when I say populist is not so much like the holding of the hand of the story it's the it's it's his decisions he makes as a director in terms of thematic filming. It is that black and white versus color presentation. It is that seeing of the charred corpse and stepping into it during a pep rally. It is the droplets, the droplets of water that he's seeing on the map. These are things that a smarter filmmaker doesn't need to do. And it's incredible. And like, I watch those sequences and go like, fucking yeah, I understand like, a person's going to watch that and be like, don't you remember how cool that was? Or like how smart that was? And like, I, I, maybe this is like a meta thing for me. Like no. a meta commentary is just like, yeah, a little bit. He's sitting not, out of that and just going like, oh yeah, I get it. But there's a much smarter, easy, like a much smarter, simpler way yeah. to do what you're trying to do. Just the, just do it. If you, I don't need to see this woman's face like melting away. Cause that's the easiest way out of telling his, of telling the story of where he's going to get to and realizing like what he's done, mm-hmm. you know, like that is the well, yeah, simplest not, possible. It thing was to weird. Do. I thought it was zone of interest too, which obviously I haven't seen, but like the idea of it, like we're not going to show any Japanese people. We're just going to show people reacting to Japanese people being dead. But like, I'm going to, I'll throw this to you too. Like the Oliver Stone comment, I think is real. The way Oliver Stone made JFK was not about, um, being, being interesting. It was not about uh, propulsion. It was not about hiding anything. It was an aesthetic that exactly matched the the narrative, the way that the narrative was being pieced together, the way that Garrison was piecing together the narrative, the way that we were thinking about Kennedy. You know what I mean? He was getting information from all over the place, so it stands to reason that everything would look totally different. This... There was no reason for it to be in black and white. There was no reason for the surrealist moments. There was no reason for any of it Ford's other than Pugh just ghost. yeah, for the Ford's Pugh. That was a, that was one weird part. The black and white thing actually makes sense because that's because the whole movie is in from J. Robert Robinson's like perspective. When it was in black and white, it was not from his perspective. Sure, and like that's it a just way makes, to like. Well, yeah, no, I, I just wondered no, if no, you. No, I, I completely agree. I like I get that though, but I just think I like, a better filmmaker it. would let you. A better filmmaker and a better writer would be able to like, be like, hey, it's still in the color, but like you should know 
that this is a not in Jay Robert Oppenheimer's perspective, and you should be able to follow the threads of the secondary that, that, story happening. Yeah, but yeah, it didn't need to be you know divided that it way. It didn't need to, to be your point. JFK, it's just all over the place. It doesn't matter. It's not strictly you know devised. Right. It's it's hand. It's like. You know, whatever they filmed it on, Whether it's, it's, it's handheld, like eight millimeter film. It's black and white. It's yeah. color. It's all this other stuff. And I but think it's it has a it's it has a specific narrative purpose. Where I also, even though I enjoyed myself watching this movie, I also questioned like, why are we why are we here now? Like why like and then why are we here and why do we keep going into Robert Downey Jr.'s office so they can like dump exposition. Like, we could just not do this. You could just show this to us happening in real time, and then we don't have, then you don't have to keep reorienting us in time. I don't know. I, I kind of liked it because it, it would, like, they do something kind of in the later time, and then they would show why they're talking about that in the past. Yeah. And, like, this movie, the scenes are short. Like, it's they are. very, yeah. very yeah. short. I was surprised. It was, like, jumped around. It was all dialogue. So, it, and they usually all played and they worked together. I thought, I don't know. Maybe I'm on, I'm on an island here, but I, I, I love the, thing. the, I don't the construction think, of this movie. I think, I think it's it one worked. of those things where you're not on an island in the sense that, like, I also, when the movie was over, I was like, whew, like, that was, a, that was something. And, like, Robert Downey Jr. is fucking great. And, sure. like, Killian Murphy is great. Mm-hmm. And, like, it, the movie is doing... Emily Blunt, not so much. No. But, I, yeah. but again, <laughs> she's... But she's <laughs> giving her... But, she's, she's, have a but to be to fair, she's, right. she's, she influenced pure women in a Christopher Nolan I mean, Nolan I was saying, right. Nolan <laughs> struggles with women characters. I'll fully... The fact that Olivia... Struggles is maybe an understatement. The fact you know, that Olivia yeah. Thurlby ends up, like, the whole movie, like, wearing it fully dressed is, like, a miracle. Yeah. Um, oh, no, it's almost like in the third act, the they, fact that she they were trying to find authority. stuff for Emily Blunt to do. Well, that's so she gives that in, she gives that really interesting interaction with Jason Clark, yeah, which good. is yeah. again it's just making Jason Clark like seem interesting for ten seconds. Um, but it's it's Christopher Nolan again. So people push back. I mean, we all we I think the three of us listen to the big picture. Yeah. Like they push back on this the Marion Cotillard like um, Dom Cobb's like wife thing and Inception all the time. I actually really I would rather the women in his movies be metaphors than him. Like try to make them people and just like just not have it work. Well, you know what I mean, like Elliot Page being like just the exposition thread. Like well, the Florence just I thought was fantastic in this too. I mean, she did I, not have a lot to do. Right, but that character whenever she was on screen was electric, and it actually it grounded Oppenheimer in a way that he it it gave him feelings, which it felt like he was didn't have feelings anywhere. Well, Florence Pugh is one of those actors that just has charisma. Sure. Yeah, no matter right. what the question is, the question I would ask about the Florence Pugh stuff is, did it, he need to have feet Because those feelings aren't paid off. The only thing that that relationship pays off later is the communism. So it doesn't well, matter that he has feelings for her because after that well, one scene when he's well, like he was, he was in wrong. the woods, it paid yeah, off that it was over. He was right. robotic the whole movie and it's the one time he yeah. kind of breaks. He felt responsible for her. Exactly. Yeah. Emotional, level. but it doesn't. It doesn't like carry any sort of dramatic weight after that. I, 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 as an engineer, no. J. Robert Abraham was very important, and this movie portrays him exactly as how I've known him to be. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize as much communism stuff, which I found fascinating. Um, I really like the science that they showed in this movie. I think if they did more than what they did, people would be tuning out. I think it was. 
Yeah, the perfect amount. Yeah, I, I would say. I would uh, say. Like, uh, I would recommend everyone go read Cormac McCarthy's *The Passenger* <laughs> to get more of the what's happening at Oak Ridge. Yeah. Sense. <laughs> Because no, there's a lot, there's a would, lot of that. I would say a lot of my criticism of the movie. I think it's a perfectly fine movie, and a lot of my criticism stems, I think, just stems from the fact that I think Nolan is thinks he's being smarter than he is with this, and and is just, it's just, I think he could have done a lot better job presenting it in a mo- little more conventional of a way. I but I do trust the fact that an audience isn't smart enough typically is, isn't and I don't want to say smart enough isn't doesn't have the film literary experience you know that you know I'm, you know what I'm I saying I do but I also to, wonder if, to get what could have been a more plainly told story I think he did it to be because he's him and this is how he tells movies but I also wonder I mean I don't know I would love to hear like you know seeing it stories I saw it 10.30 in the morning today, <laughs> and the theater was full except for the first three rows. Wow. And it wasn't like one of the small ones. It was like one of the normal in, in North Haven. That's awesome. Um, I think people are responding to its complexity because I think, it, maybe to your point, I think it makes them feel... Smarter, like, maybe. Not smarter, More but intellectual. I think, thrill- I think it's when they're so used to like Marvel movies and like, yeah. not like Bourne movies, but like... Mission Impossible. I can not to denigrate Mission Impossible movies, like Mission Impossible movies and like these action movies that are just like, you know, Fast and the Furious movies. It feels oh. like an action. Mo- it feels like an action movie and a drama, like rolled into one. And I think it feels like uh, there's like an electricity in the theater. There was electricity. There's not just for the thing I described earlier, but like <laughs> through the whole thing. Like they're just like everyone's just kind of like at the edge of their seat for most of the movie, just like. Waiting to see what's going to happen next, and that's a credit to, that is a credit to Nolan a little bit. I think it's yeah. more in this movie a credit to his cast. It's certainly, I mean, it's never going to be a credit to like the, the screenwriting. It's, Jason Clark, and it's never going to be a fucking credit to Jason Clark. <laughs> Movies that succeed that Jason have Jason Clark in them succeed, fucking despite Jason Clark. <laughs> what? what were you going to say, JV? I was just going to say, uh, you know, one thing I've heard is that you know, one thing I've heard is that Nolan said Nolan uh, trusts his audience. He doesn't have to hold their hands, but you feel like he is holding their hands. All I, I don't think... Yeah, yeah, it, it feels as though he didn't... It does feel as though he's like, I don't know if the audience is going to understand the fact that like I'm telling two competing narratives here. And that is what frustrated me. I think this is a perfect segue if we want to. If we want to into the next movie, because I think... Stuff, but yeah. For sure. I think Greta Gerwig trusts the audience to piece together what Barbie is going through without having to say specifically, this is what Barbie is going through. And that next movie. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Ken. Hi Barbie. Hi Barbie. Hi Barbie. Hi Barbie. Hi Barbie. Hi Barbie. Hi Ken. Hi Ken. Put the radio fast and goes cruising just as fast as she can now. I thought I might stay over tonight. Why? Because we're girlfriend boyfriend. To do what? I'm actually not sure. And she'll have fun, 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 and 
I'm coming with you. Did you bring your rollerblades? I literally go nowhere without them. Oh, looks like this beach was a little too much beach for you, Ken. If I wasn't severely injured, I would beat you off right now, Ken. I'll beach off with you any day, Ken. Anyone who wants to beach him off has to beach me off first. I will beach both of you off at the same time. Beach both oh, of us off? Beach. Nobody's gonna beach anyone off. Stereotypical Barbie, as Margot Robbie's Barbie is, lives in Barbie land with all the other various Barbies and their, and their Kens. And everything is chipper and great because like the matriarchal society. Yeah, exactly. I wasn't trying to use the word matriarchal, but it is a matriarchal society <laughs> where where women are empowered and do Who everything. Ben Shapiro in that. <laughs> um, and they can only dream about how the the world is out. You know, the real world is, and they can only you know have those great fantasies of that as well. Uh, every night ends in a song and dance, and everything's so exciting. Meanwhile, Ken. You know, Barbie's beach Ken. Who's, he loves who's, beach. He loves beach, yeah. Uh, a stereotypical Barbie's boyfriend, uh, beach Ken, is His only really, beach. really only exists to, you know, uh, he, he, he only is happy when he sees stereotypical Barbie. No, when she sees him. Yeah, when she sees him. Great. <laughs> um, they break out into a song and dance number every day, and suddenly she starts realizing that she's having thoughts of her own mortality. And Lizzo tells us the next day, we have a first Happy Day song, and Lizzo tells us the next day that things maybe aren't as good. So she goes to talk to Weird Barbie, who's the Barbie that got played with too rough in the real world, and Weird Barbie says that, oh, you're, the person that is playing with you must be having some issues. And the only way to fix this before you kind of like, not really break down, but you know, have these thoughts of death and get flat feet and whatnot is to go into the real world, find your... The person who plays with you and fix things. And so she sets off to arrive in Venice Beach. But meanwhile, Ken comes with her. Because uh, Ken, you know, always has to follow her around. And her and Ken kind of go off on their own adventures. Ken discovers and she discovers that the real world isn't so happy and great for women. It is uh, pretty bad. Say it. Pretty Say bad it. at times. Patriarchal. The patriarchy. Yeah. Um, Ken... Uh, is pretty overjoyed about this. He is very excited about monster trucks. Loves horses. And horses. <laughs> and horses and various other things. The horses um, guy every day. Meanwhile, uh, Barbie uh, discovers she thinks this, this one girl is, you know, her one having troubles. It turns out her mother has been the one that's playing with her because she's been having her own issues of just... Her, her daughter growing up. Her daughter growing up not having really a voice kind of in her job and just not, you know, a, a bunch of things she, Gloria, you know, Gloria is America for her, is Gloria who's going to play with her. Um, she kind of explains in a very long speech later on. Um, eventually, Barbie uh, is also chased by the Mattel CEO because they need to put her back into the box to get her out of the real world to prevent disastrous consequences. They sure do. Um, and eventually, Gloria, Barbie, and and uh, Sasha, who's the daughter of Gloria, go back into Barbie Land, only to discover that Ken has returned and has turned everything into a patriarchal society. That the Barbies, that the Barbies now serve the men. Um, the men are just you know chilling out, talking about the Godfather, enjoying things. Steve Malcolmus, yeah.
So Barbara, Gloria, Barbie kind of goes through another existential crisis with this, and meanwhile Gloria has to kind of talk her out of it, explains how you know life is and the things that the way are, and like you can't allow yourself to do this sort of thing. Um, and they devise a plan to defeat the Kens because the Kens are going to vote on a constitution to completely change Barbie Land into uh, kingdom. Kingdom, yeah. Um, <laughs> They uh, succeed in doing so by turning the Ken's own pride in on themselves and also turning their own need to compete with other men on each other um, and are able to successfully save Barbie land. Meanwhile, Ken is distraught because he's only existed to serve Barbie and has no purpose and does hates the fact that Barbie does not love him, and she's told to, you know, find his own way. Mm-hmm. And, but stereotypical Barbie realizes that she's still not fulfilled, <clears throat> even though the world, the Barbie land has succeeded and fulfilled itself and is back to where it is. And she realizes that she's enjoyed what it is like to be human. And she is given the option by God, who is also a tax evader, to <laughs> uh, become a human being. And is Rhea Perlman. Yeah. Rhea Perlman. Become a human being and in the end is is able to do so. And you recapping this movie makes you remember how much I fucking love this movie so much. There's so there's so much good shit about this movie. I don't know. I just this movie made me feel so happy. The the set design was phenomenal. All the jokes worked. All the Kens, all the Barbies, everything. Greta Gerwig and Noah Baumbach knocked us out of the park with their writing. Mm -hmm. Gerwig's direction was fantastic. I mean, there's obviously the worst part of the movie is probably Will Ferrell, but yeah, even even that was still funny as heck. Um, but God, just I'm just thinking of all the little details. Just I, I need to rewatch this movie because all the stuff in the background. Michael Sarah was probably my favorite part because that <laughs> every time go to sleep, go to sleep. He, he stole every scene he was in. It's not so much that Will Ferrell's bad; it's that. They probably should have picked somebody else because yeah, he looks so right. much like the Lego movie. Yeah, my uh, my like one criticism of this movie, I guess that's maybe a big one, but or, and I have two, and one of them is not really, I want to talk about it, and the other one's just like a normal one, is that, remember the Brady Bunch movie? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was weird that the middle of this movie was just the Brady Bunch movie. Yeah. You know, yeah. I was just, I was like, did they... Did they want? Maybe they did it on purpose. I think it was. I believe that they could have maybe did it on purpose, but like casting Will Ferrell too to play like the most. Will I was like, are we just not trying? Or like because there's like a big Chevy commercial in the middle of this too. I was like, maybe they thought that the middle was the place that they could like sell tickets to some people that maybe wouldn't go. Like we'll put Will Ferrell in it, doing (laughs) like you said, doing Lego movie stuff. or just doing like Will Ferrell things. We'll, you know, put a car chase scene in here. We'll do like whatever. I don't know. It just seemed weird. It's especially because the it first did. the first third and the second third, and this is movies divided in perfect thirds. Yeah. Um, yeah. Are so fucking good that it just seemed it just seemed strange. You mean like it, every, every, everything in the real world was kind of weird. It was just less less interesting. The weird fish out of water thing they were trying to do. There's all Brady Bunch stuff. Yeah, There's like people exactly. laughing at it their was clothes. Just, it's yeah, like laughing, laughing at, at them clothes. wearing neon clothes and yeah, break. rollerblading. Yeah. It was still funny, but it was but it was hack hacky funny. Yeah, when the, when everything that's happening in the the first and third acts is so good and seems so 
Every original. choice is so perfect. It's so, it's so all the songs, yeah, all it's the very intentional. You know, close, I love closer the songs to fine. I mean, that's like the perfect song for a that. Woman. Um, the uh, fucking Matchbox Twenty song. Yeah. Oh my oh, god! Oh my god! I it came it. out of nowhere, and I was just like <laughs> cracking up. But again, so, so this is one of those movies that you want to talk about, like seeing, like how you saw it. I don't know, you saw it today. Yes. Uh, what did you see? Um, afternoon. With a theater full? It was. It was quite full. There was a lot of people still dressing up in great. pink. Yep. When I was leaving Oppenheimer, there was a whole bunch of people dressed in pink going into the movies. Nobody uh, I saw it with was dressed in pink. My, my old theater was pink, but Did I saw it on Saturday. I wore my brightest shade of gray. <laughs> um did you yeah, also, when they, when they did the Steve Malcolmus joke, were you the only person so, laughing out loud? So I read a headline about that, uh, and I didn't read it. And then I couldn't, for the life of me, hear the joke. I couldn't hear what he said yeah. and what I was seeing. I missed it. I just heard Stephen Malcolmus. And then afterwards, I'm Googling, what the <laughs> fuck was the joke? And I guess it was just basically mansplaining, like, yeah. why Steve oh, Pavement is great, yeah. Yeah, and how he was really channeling Lou Reed or yeah, something. Yeah. But I was oh, so was pissed. so good. I loved oh, all so their stuff. Was that, with... was that a Pavement joke? I didn't really Yeah, yeah. yeah. but it's yeah. like, it's one of those things where, like, you know, we all, you know, what was it, seven years ago, we all started listening to the Brady Snellis podcast, and he would ask everybody for no reason, like, what they thought of Pavement. <laughs> he asked about the Eagles, but he'd also be like, Oh, Pavement, you know, Steve Malcolmus, blah, blah, blah. I don't think I've ever listened to A Pavement. So it just like became, it's, it is like this millennial mansplainer, or, you know, Gen X mansplainer thing is like, why don't you listen to me tell you how great Pavement is? <laughs> yeah. I, I, love, I love the, um, oh, you've never seen The Godfather? She's like, can we restart it? You it was along those lines. You me and talk over yeah. the whole movie oh, for It was me. so like, good. I was like, oh my God. It was so, so good. So good. Yeah. Like, I'm totally guilty of most of the shit they were making fun of, but it was like, yeah, well, that happened. I don't know. I was a, I was a young fucking 20-year-old. Well, that's what Mark Maron was saying on his podcast this morning. He's like, oh, I saw it. And he's like, and it felt so good to be skewered. Yeah. Like, in that way. And he's like, and if you're a real man, you could take like, it. you could take it. Yeah. And, and he's I mean, like, it's all the Republicans and the conservatives that are just like, no, masculinity is, is under attack. Is the person walking out saying, I'd Terrible! I'd rather poke out my eyes. Is that what they poke out your eyes? That's what he said. Oh my god! I had fun laughing at my idiot younger self doing all that. Some of this dumb shit. It was great. I laugh at all the jokes about cargo shorts. Oh my god! (laughs) (laughs) No, I thought it was great. I think I I loved. I deeply loved the first third. I had so many questions about the second third, and then even the the last third. I thought maybe. I, I don't want to step on your I don't want to step on any toes because I don't want to step on your like your feelings about it before mm. I start launching into kind of like a question I had. This the last third I think is genius level filmmaking. Like the Ken fight is God, there's see, nothing see like it. Lou is the, fucking the awesome Omaha Beach movie. scene. There's nothing <laughs> yeah. like it before. There's nothing. There's not going to be anything like it after. It is a one of one. It is a singular movie event. One of, one of the most brilliant things I've seen. But here's the thing about the last. Here's the thing about the last third of the movie is that one, it turns into nine days, which is fine. It makes me like Billie Eilish, which is not fine. I I like that song. 
fucking and, hate Billie Eilish. I didn't even know it was her. But so. I was just like, this. It's, I'm like, tears are coming out of my eyes, and I'm just like, <laughs> oh, oh, but that's the home video footage for sure. But it's like, it's again, it's it's that the it's the nine days effect where it's like being a person is really about whose footage was that by the way? Is that uh, people involved in the production. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's like. Being alive is about like this kind of like sensory thing, and everyone's perception is everyone's life is different, and everyone experiences all these other things. Blah 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 blah. But it also made me realize that you know who's not in a lot of the final third of this movie? Well, it's fucking Barbie. Yeah, yeah. I know. She's, she's kind of she kind of takes yeah. a back seat, and then when she is there, she's in fucking tears. So I've people were asking me, like, did you see Barbie? And I was like, yes. And they're like, oh, you know. Well, I like it. And I was like, you'll like it if you love Ryan Gosling and you like watching Barbie cry because she's crying in a lot of this movie this is, past a certain point. This is Ryan Gosling's movie and that feels kind of weird. It feels really weird. And I'm not he, sure by the end of it that she yeah. gets it. I don't think she gets it back. claims it. And I don't, I, I'm not going to blame, I think Greta Gerwig has done something really special. Yeah, she did. I think by the, the end of that movie... Is Ken's movie? This is Ryan Gosling's performance. It right? feels. Oh, he's a, I've never seen. I, see, I, I disagree. I, okay, so I, I'm okay. ready. I'm ready. Right. Right. This is this is this is easily my favorite movie since Portrait of Lady on Fire. Wow, nice. By, it's your number one this year. Though? Yeah, by okay. I think a country mouth. Um, she is like she's she's still realizing what it. She's had her entire world overturned. Yep. Right. She's had everything upheaved. She thought. One thing was one. Mm-hmm. She didn't understand what it is. Her only reaction to it was just to tell an old lady that she's beautiful, just mm-hmm. to like have some grasp of of what she had. And when Gloria launches into that just speech about like this is what the world like this is what it means to be a woman. The Amy, this um, is, America Ferrera. Yes, America that, that was yeah, this is what it means to yeah. be a woman. This is the fact of like some like our own worst enemies are often one another and ourselves yeah. Yeah, yeah. and Barbie is just like she kind of is starting to get it she's kind of launching into it and that's why she wants to become a human and again is to just kind of like she's grasping with the fact that there's been this artifice and this yep. artificially created world that Mattel humorously <laughs> enough has created you know um, but like honestly Mattel had created you yeah, know in, sure. in the real yeah. world like in the real actual world we live in um, not in the movie's real world and She's functionally trying to figure out a part, and that's why that's that great final line of like, "I'm here to see a gynecologist," because like she's fine. Like that is not only is she a human, but it's like she's starting to grasp the concepts sure. of what it means to be a human. Yep. Um, so I do think it's still her film. It I, is. I think it's I think it's interesting in the sense that like Ken's problems are he's still kind of he's still living in that thing where it's like it's easy for a man to figure out his problems. He's just got to be told like, "Hey, figure out the fact that you want to be a cowboy," you know, because <laughs> he does. <laughs> I, he wears a vest. He has saloon doors. Is that or he wants he to be in a Monty Python movie? And but then he also he also says, well, I, "I lost interest in the patriarchy when I found out it wasn't about horses." <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it's so fucking good. It's so smart. It's, I agree. To think the thing that I the thing that made this film, and you're talking about like when you saw the movie. Uh, I didn't see a lot of people in pink because I saw it at eight fifty in the morning on Saturday. Mm. <laughs> but was it ma- full? It was full. Not a lot of pink, but you can imagine who was mostly there. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of little kids. Yep. And some little kids were not happy about it. Like, mm. just kind of, you know, like, because this, this movie, this is, this is not a for movie. Like millennial, this is yeah, a movie 30s, for adults and, and millennials. Well, yeah. I felt, yeah. so I felt, yeah. I felt a bit awkward 
being wearing my John Carpenter rock carpenters t-shirt sitting kind of like one seat empty and then like this 30 something year old mother and her like 10 year old daughter next to me. I got a story. And I'm just kind of like crying throughout it because you know I just went through like a pretty hard couple weeks ago and like a lot of that speaking to me in the sense of like finding your own identity when it comes to the kin and also just kind of like grappling with the fact of like yeah this world's kind of bullshit and like having it kind of through you know you know it and like Greta Gerwig's defining it down to you and I'm feeling like shit because like I'm crying throughout most of this and I'm like I really hope I'm not the creepy 30 something who's like making this cup and like literally I like hear sniffling look over both the 10 year old girl hell yeah girl, absolutely and the mother are crying yep yeah I laugh and cry through this and that's, my, that's kids, makes, my kids too and that's what makes it like a perfect piece of filmmaking is the fact that like this 10 11 year old girl mm-hmm. is it, it makes it a perfect piece of filmmaking and it's also fucking frustrating that you know like it's like this 11 year old girl realizes like and completely gets the fact of like the glorious speech is happening and feels all of that shit. Well, you know what I And then to walk out and have some fat fucking Italian wop piece of shit Republican <laughs> say like, "Well, I want to yes. tear my eyes out." I just I really oh, I, I mean, I was I wanted to be upset, but I just felt bad for him because like the fragility of like this is what I find I mean, I, I would say I find it humorous. But I, I don't because like Ben Shapiro like made the two and a half hour thing over it. But he's only doing that because of money, right? He isn't. He's, he's gonna he say what he's, he's gonna say whatever it is to, to make money. But the people that are re, like repeating that constantly, this movie speaks to that. This movie speaks to like how fragile that is. Yeah. But it just it's it was it was a frustrating experience just knowing this little girl next to me Went knows through it. that. I think this might be screenplay of the year. I think so. Uh, my whole, my caveat with my review, which I said to my wife when we impromptu met for lunch today, and I was like, I was going to go see Barbie at eight fifty-five in the morning, and like, it was just, it was like four people in the back row, and then like dots of ones, and I was like. I don't know if I want to be one of those ones. Like, I know who those ones are at 8.55 on a Monday morning. Like, I'm not going to be another one of those. I bet that's a group of, you know, of women in the back and a bunch of me's, like, scattered throughout <laughs> this. It's like, I'm not going to talk to me instead. I have not stopped thinking about it. Yeah, I want to rewatch it. Since so I saw it. Yeah. And part of it is because it felt not unsatisfying because I, like you, like, cried at like six different parts of this movie Same. just like yep. you know tears not like you know weeping or anything but like no, tears leaking out of my face a little, yeah. um, I'd well up a few times yeah. and I think when we talked you know we did this transition at the end about like you know Christopher Nolan holding your hand versus like Greta Gerwig not holding your hand is that one of the things I think she's doing is is Barbie is having this and I've said this to like a million people and I'm sure people at work are like super sick of hearing me talk about this <laughs> is that Barbie is having this like very interior experience while Ken is having this very exterior experience mm. that includes multiple song and dance numbers and all this awesome stuff and she's just like trying to churn through like these emotions however and I just I think that was one of the reasons I thought that it was weird that like Greta Gerwig didn't find a way to get her more in like just to be like present because she's she's just kind of not a presence there. But you know, and this is a testament to Margot Robbie's performance. You know she's there, struggling, 
Mm-hmm. I just want to see her. And that's and I just want I just want to I just I wanted when, at the end of the movie I just wanted more I just wanted more Barbie. And I haven't stopped thinking about it the whole time. But that interiority, she never explains any of that to you. It's just all this stuff is happening and it's in the way that you're internalizing it is the way that Barbie is internalizing it. And the thing that I thought was like a real miracle about this movie and people keep talking about this movie is like you know, it's a feminist screed or something like that. I just think it's a, a, one of the most human movies I've seen. And, you know, I just mentioned Nine Days. It's the most human movies I've seen since Nine Days because it's not necessarily about even being, even though it's specifically about being female, the stuff that, like, America Ferreira is, America Ferreira is describing is... Being a like, woman, by the way. Being a woman is very specifically related to being a woman, but it's also about, like, just figuring out who you are. There's figuring out who yeah, you are as a person that, yeah. includes making all these fucking weird ass compromises that you're trying to do this and you're trying to do that. You're trying to do, you know, be one thing, but you also have to, you're obligated to be this other thing. If you have this one desire, then you have to also do this, but you can't do this because then that makes you seem like this. That's, you know, a very socially real thing for women. It's also like, I think a, a I think it's a human thing. I think it's a human yes. thing. And I think the problem with like some of like the dialogue around this movie is that there's a bunch of people that need to see this movie, not because they need to be reminded about why women need respect and like, you know, um, you know, all the things that like the patriarchy should stop doing to take advantage of and abusing women, but just like there's a bunch of people out there that just like have feelings that the culture they're being raised in tells them that they're not allowed to have. And I think they need to be shown that they're fucking allowed to have those feelings. They're allowed to struggle. They're allowed to not be so sure about what's going to happen next. They're allowed to like feel like their personal subjective reality is validated, not necessarily in the social media like content of other people, yeah. but like by their by the people around them yeah. or by themselves or by themselves mostly. That yeah. their experience is valid. Um and it it and the thing that I just, the thing I, um, if I'm, I don't want to say it sound like I'm pushing back against this movie. I just want to see it a bunch of times. I think it needs, it deserves, it deserves to be, it does, the first and third acts of this movie deserve to be studied. And the second act deserves to be rationalized, however we can figure out how to rationalize it. And I get it. Like, I, I get it's a Hollywood movie, big studio, uh, uh, brand IP attached to it with uh, promotional concerns smack dab in the middle of it. I get it. But it, 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 I just want to know. I want to figure it out. Well, and I would say that, you know, there are people in my life that have said, you know, not knowing movies, not knowing the people involved, say, I'd rather jump off a cliff than see a Barbie movie. And no idea what's in this movie. None. At all. Yeah. At all. And, uh, that's, I didn't either when I saw it. I like no. I saw. I mean, with Greta Gerwig involved, I, I, I had a feeling it was gonna. It was, and even from the trailer, it it was going in the right direction. It was gonna. Yeah, was I was not as. Good. I was hopeful. I was expecting it was gonna go as hard as exceeded it all yes. expectations. I I was again. I love Ryan Gosling. Well, that's my thing too. So I'm I was a big fan. I enjoy Ryan Gosling. I I think he's great in this, but I do think this is Margot Robbie's movie. Just mm-hmm. the the amount of non she's great. The non like vocal acting she has to do, yeah. like especially in that third act of just 
and the second and third act of just kind of, and that's why I think the second act works for me is like it's a lot of her just like processing everything right. yeah. and like no the second act was her acting so the third act yeah no like, for when sure she's but in the real world she's and it's yeah. yeah and it's a lot of like her not even saying anything it's exactly. just kind of like it looking around confused. and just yeah. And like being confused and then slowly it out. being right. fucking horrified, right? <laughs> but then again, and that's, this is this is where I just want to I want to do more thinking, want to do more talking, want to do more viewing. Is that like how do I, as a viewer, I don't want to even say like what kind of viewer I am. Just I drop know. the mic and walk I'm just, off. I'm never like, to be I don't want to. But I'm I mean, like, I'm, I'm honestly, just, I'm starting to hear it, but again, just thinking about I'm like a discerning viewer. I don't know yeah. how to like. You justify, I don't know how to justify or reconcile like the woman on the bench scene or like her getting out of the box, you know what I mean? As she just kind of is like, she just feels like unready with what immediately follows her getting out of the box. Well, and like, I read the, 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 the overly long chase through the cubicle scene. It's like, <laughs> I don't fucking care if yeah. Will Ferrell has to jump over this shit. I don't need to see the guy. I mean, even though the guys say some awesome, funny stuff. Like, before they get on their rollerblades, like, what's the worst thing that can happen? And he's like, 200 trees turning into podcasters or whatever. That's funny. <laughs> Who fucking cares? Like, this, this woman is, like, dying, like, inside. You know what I mean? Like, th- this is not necessary. I know what, again, I know what and once kind again, of... again, it's an IP. It's a... For sure. I know what kind of it movie needs it needs comedy. to be. But I'm like, surprised Mattel let them get away with this. I yeah. think it's fantastic. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a corporate. It's a corporate rebranding. That they can feel as though they're a more. But this open. is not something that like corporate corporations allow usually to happen because they it feels like they didn't have their hands in this. Because if you're watching this from a, diff- a certain perspective, it seems like this corporation is anti-man, and like, which is fine with me. But like, do they do? Is Mattel worried that they're like before this movie became a hit that they were like alienating? A whole bunch of, of, you know, a political affiliation of people, uh, a, a person of a certain political affiliation that might not buy maybe Barbies so, for but that it, you know, make, it's good you, that they're doing that. Because, I think it is too. See, but the thing that's frustrating to me though is like they're completely sold out on Kennergy sweatshirts, so they've they've yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, I, yeah, I tried to buy a one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm Knuff. I'm, yeah. Knuff. I'm, I'm yeah. Knuff or Kennergy. You I've can been, pre-order that sweatshirt yeah, for sixty dollars. I've been trying. I looked it up. Well, that's so, the thing. That, I mean, that is the thing that the one thing that frustrates. But that's not Greta Gerwig's fault. But it's just like the, right. the corporate she aspect she of. She knew what she, she was knew, doing. She had to. Yeah. What were you saying? I don't know where everyone is on Noah Baumbach, but is this the best thing he's ever been involved with? I don't know. I mean, the Squid and the Whale. Squid and the Whale. Has, you know, it has. He's. I love Squid and the Whale so much. He is good at his job. He's made a bunch of movies I don't like. He's made a lot of movies, a, a bunch of movies I respect. Like Marriage Story, I respect. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I love yeah they're respectable. Yeah, I, think it's I don't. Is this Squid the Whale's better. Again, he's not made anything. Greta Gerwig has made three films that have all achieved fantastic. transcendence. Yeah. It's yeah, I still haven't seen Nights and Weekends. Um, I haven't either. But yeah. like, she's made three feature-length films. It's Nights and Weekends is a short. It's a short. No, it's her first movie with uh, Joe Swanberg. Like oh, she—it's not her co. It's not. Yeah, it's someone she co-did with Joe Swanberg. It's a oh, 2009 mumblecore film. Well, just like, look, yeah. Lady Bird, Little Women. And yes. Yeah. She's made three films yeah. that have achieved transcendence. I don't think he's made any movies that have achieved transcendence. That's why I mean. Squid and the Whale gets close. I, the script is. She's a better director. For what, sure. So that's what I was just going to say. Is that yeah. The script is good. She takes the script and elevates it with 
every single choice except for some of the stuff that happens in the middle third um, and turns it into something like just something else just like she did with a very typical high school coming of age coming of age story in Lady Bird I didn't do it was on you know my list of the top what she did with a loose man Alcott thing and modernized it while still keeping it in its Mm -hmm. time sure I mean she 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 again I know this feels like that Florence Pugh conversation to Timothy Chalamet you know well, stretch like definitely kind of like like running focusing in on that you know the one in the library mm-hmm. like it feels like that hammered in and like you know what I'm saying like an evolution of that yeah it also seems like a weird evolution of like a lot of those you can see Joe and what's Chalamet's characters in that I can't remember Mary that. I think yeah they Mary yeah dancing on that on the porch like around the thing you see that joy translated here into modern times but even though that felt very modern you see that translated here into barbie like but like kicked up a notch you know what i mean with lizzo singing the soundtrack and like all this other stuff you see <laughs> that deep emotionality that joe has when she's talking to her mom when she's just like i you know, don't know what to do and all this other stuff um you see that here but without the words with whatever's happening to barbie at the end of this movie Again, I just I just want to see her. I just wish she was more. I wish she was more there. I wish I almost wish it leaned heavier into the sad or like to that to that conflict rather than the humor at the end. And the humor was brilliant, but I just it's in the in that that conflict is there. It's like a thread that's like running. I just I wish I had more access to I, it. I, I think I you think know that, what I mean. Yeah, but I think that needs to be there because I think of that. That how much of a punch that glorious speech probably is that you need to pull things back for a little bit, or else room. it gets or else it gets too heavy because you come back, you know, you get like a fifteen minute breather there, then you come back to when Ken and Barbie are talking, yeah, like about like how about finding his own identity, and then like you know it becomes like a story of like Ken oh. is me, yeah, but then it becomes like a thing of like hey, the perfect world is just kind of figure out a way to make it so like we're just people. And because, you know, it's, it's, it's a matriarchy and like it's yeah. supposed to be a kind of hyperized version of our own real world flipped on end. So I think you need that because otherwise you're just kind of like you're too down into the dirt for, for a while. Sure. Which I think explains like my last like criticism of the movie, which is just that I love the idea that they don't say at the end of the movie that like in Barbie land, Barbie is just stereotypical Barbie like forever and she wants to be able to figure out like who she is outside of stereotypical Barbie. Um, I don't know. I thought she was going to, I thought there was going to be another ending besides like going to the gynecologist. Like I just, I thought she was going to be doing something else. She was going to like a bank robbery. Something just like something that was very, something more personal. You know what I mean? I don't know how much more, more personally you can get than going to the gynecologist. No, though. but it's, I mean, it's definitely it's directly related to like correcting like a Barbie thing, like we don't have any genitals, right? Type of thing, and like it's like but I it, have it genitals. makes you know that she's a real person. For sure, now. that's kind I of was what they're... less. I knew she was a real person in that whole like montage thing. Sure. Again, it's a minor thing. I just I was I by the end of that movie, I was like, oh, they're gonna fucking do it, and I didn't know what they were gonna do, but I thought they were gonna do something. And it was just, you know, I'm going to the gynecologist. Which was, which what was did you think fun. they were going to do? I don't know. I just I was waiting to see who she was going to become. 
Like I, I know, wanted to see. I, I, I thought they're dropping off he, at like a job interview or something. I, or that's something what I like thought that, too. I just and I wasn't even and I guess I was maybe even unhappy about that. Like oh, she goes right into working. Like yeah. you know what I mean? And I was just I was just in, I'm interested in who Barbie is gonna be. I got a motherhood vibe from those home videos. What I got a motherhood vibe. Frankly, from it's like possible, the, what is it? And maybe that's and existence. maybe that's the thing, and that's maybe why I need to rewatch it is just to kind of get closer to that uh, that idea. But I I I wanted I, I hope so much for her. Yeah, I think you know what I mean. I, I just kind of I was yeah. hoping to kind of like spend. And again, it had a very nine days feeling. It's this movie is not like nine days, but I talk about it a lot in that. Like, if they wanted to do another half hour, I was cool with it. But if I they wanted to do another, you know, whatever they wanted to do, they could do it. I'm I was in. It's a movie about becoming and not what you become. So it's a movie about like the journey, like her journey, her journey away from like kind of just away like away from shell of yeah. naive naivety, um, sure, like that she that exists has a doll mm. to you know, be like realizing what it is to be a person. I think seeing that next step isn't necessarily the same. I think you're the right. Same movie. I think you're right. That doesn't mean I didn't want it. No. Yeah, no, you know I, what I mean. I don't disagree. Like as a, as a person, not as a criticism. Per, as per, like personally, a, I'm I'm struggling with like what my place is in this world. This movie, like, helped me kind of, like, think about that a lot. Mm-hmm. And I would like to see a little bit more closure on where she fit. But I know, it also, I know. But it did make me feel a little bit better about where I'm at. Because I'm, like, personally, I'm struggling with a lot of that stuff. Mm. And it's, I don't know, this movie did hit real close to home. And I, I love this movie. Well, that's the thing. It says you can become, like, whatever like it's, you it's want. kind of the Barbie idea. Yeah. You can become whatever you want. Yeah. yeah. I personally hope that 20 years from now, we have a scene in a movie where a man is mansplaining Barbie to, to, to ah, some women. That, that would be great. It's going to happen. Uh, you know why Barbie was good? Because it did this. All the mansplaining. Uh, I, I love four dudes talking about Barbie. This is fantastic. <laughs> but I, yeah. I, I'm glad none of us said, like, to pre- like, I've read so many reviews or listened to so many reviews say, I know this movie's not made for us. And I just like I, I, I felt deeply connected to yeah, it. I did too. As yeah. soon as I saw the trailer, I was like, I'm in. Yeah. Like the trailer didn't hook me. This movie hooked me. The trailer I thought wasn't great. It's it was so <laughs> weird because and again, I don't I, I I I have the same thought, like the appropriation idea. Like when America Ferrer was giving the speech, I knew why she was giving it and I knew who it was for, but I connected to it so deeply mm-hmm. and I was like, you know, is this am I supposed to? Like she's being very specific. Yeah, but yeah. I just like. Am I appropriating her speech right but now? But there's a but, toy yeah. there because Barbie's a toy. There's a childhood aspect to this stuff, and I was just like, I feel like she's speaking to all the kids that are watching this. Like, you can do anything, like, you know, man or woman, you can do whatever you want. Like, you don't have to be. It has nothing to do with. It has, but we have to create a world that make that happen. Right. Exactly. And it's and and. Do that, like, and but that's the thing. I guess the good thing about it is that it's not necessarily like it's not like a call to action per se. She's it, she's not saying at the end of that speech like, go out and it's not fucking Steven Soderbergh in the laundromat <laughs> where like Meryl Streep takes off her fucking wig and then like holds the Statue of Liberty thing, um, which I mean, that was the other thing that I thought about like four days later and like my nonstop churning through this movie is I was just like fuck the laundromat. Like it's somewhere, somewhere, Steve Soderbergh's like, what? Well, I, like, I had that thought raised right now. So I had that thought that I had to like explain to my wife, like, 
Why was really angry, like just like, mm, sitting there, like all pissed like, off, and just like, What's that? Like, oh, fucking laundromat, this <laughs> terrible ending. Like, Your wife has to be so confused all the time when you're just mad about random movies. I'm sure, she do. She is. <laughs> well, because I was like, even today, we, we, you know, she works in Hamden and we met up for lunch, and I was like telling her about this movie. I was telling her that I went to the movies, and then all I talked about for the first like six minutes was like Barbie. And I didn't even go see Barbie. I was like, I was thinking about going to see it. I just wanted to see some things. I just like had some questions that I wanted to answer. I was like, I want to get back to it. Like, I hope we can find some time to get back to it. Like, she's already seen it. Her and my daughter have already seen it twice. And I was like, I hope I get a chance to like go back and like I'm very serious about it. Like, I'm not like joking. Like, I'm, the Ryan Gosling stuff is like one thing, but I'm just like deeply invested in the, this movie and like what it means to the culture. And I think it means something. Great. It's going to make a billion dollars by, like, next week. Yeah, it's, and that is, it gets clothing on. That is good. Yeah. yeah. Right? It's objectively a good thing. Um, it's going to make more money than Jason Aldean will, and that makes me happy. <laughs> I mean... I wish Not that, in my small town. I wish that guy had, like, collapsed from heat stroke after that stuff came out, and then I could have been, like, good, fuck that guy. Oh, I already said good. I just knew he was a country singer. I said wasn't, nothing. Wasn't Chris Stapleton, so I was like, oh, he's probably has bad politics. No, Chris Stapleton's not touring in the summer. Are you kidding? Can't wear trench coats on stage in the fucking summer. <laughs> Chris Stapleton, for the most part, seems like he has okay politics. Nah, I'm sure he's fine. Now, I'm sure Jason Aldean felt weak, and so he was like, make a douchey video right now so nope. people will know I'm strong. Let's put razor shit in. Conservatives well, don't pass out from heat stroke. And that's what that's just like I said, the thing I found so sad and pathetic just about like that man's reaction and just about some of the things, you know, not really from Ben Shapiro because, like I said, um, well, those money, people are like, criticizing without seeing it, so fuck. Anyone. I mean, well, that guy saw I mean, it, <laughs> you know, that one guy did see it, and it's just like, oh my god, guy, no, but like it's that happened. movie definitely speaks to you to say, like, hey, it's okay to just be like, whatever, but it's not okay because all that guy is is a man. That, you know what I mean? And that's the problem with all of these. That's the he problem. Took, like, with the, he took like his little girl to it. It like, doesn't oh, matter. That's, and that's a, I joke about this stuff all the time. All that guy is is a man. And I think he knows that that sucks. And the thing he's probably mad at is that he had feelings that he knows culturally he shouldn't have. Like Donald Trump has told him that those feelings are not okay. And so he can't have them. And, he's, and this is the thing that the... Conservatives are targeting like liberals for for making like men feel like inconsequential, and of course they're going to lash out because women are like emasculating them. It's like no, no they're not. You just have to have. If you feel sad, just I say I feel sad. Like if you feel happy, say I feel happy. Don't say if you feel happy. Don't say I love America. And like literally, just, literally, Greta Gerwig very deliberately puts a shot in that movie of like one of the Ken's having shit figured out. And he's with a, the M.A. Mackey um, Barbie. Like yeah. they talk about like, well, I want my Ken and my Barbie. Like that's showing like, oh, he's probably a fully formed yeah. man who's like gone through that. Stuff. Like she answers these Kingsley things. Kingsley Benadier figures himself out and that's, gets an is that, That's who it is? It's Kingsley Benadier. Basketball game? Yeah. He, gets, he, gets his, he gets his fur coat. And then he gets his English accent back. It's perfect. Where are you then? I missed what you were saying, but you're talking about the reaction of that guy. Yeah, just just a reaction. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's media. I don't think it's anything. I think it's just. I think it's people growing up and being with the wrong people in college. Mm. I don't think it's Trump or anybody. It's yeah, yeah. 
people are awful. Men are men are generally awful. I I really believe, and we're deep in. We're. I'll just say this last thing is that they, and anyone else can say whatever they want afterwards. I just think the marginalization thing I think is very real, and like these, and there's a whole culture of people that, or a whole sub society of people that feel marginalized by the current society, and they are trying to reclaim a, a piece of their power. It's either through banning books at libraries and schools. It's through being mm. mad at Barbie. It's through passing weirdly restrictive, like, drag show laws right. in, like, southern states. You know what I mean? Like, this is how they've decided we're going to reclaim our... We're gonna but they're being marginalized by the people that... They're, you know, they're being marginalized by... But Ron DeSantis doesn't understand that. He just knows that there's some... No, Ron DeSantis mar- does. But the people that support Ron DeSantis don't realize they're being marginalized... By Ron DeSantis, um, but they don't because he's not attacked there. We talked about. I, I think feel like we talked about this when Roe v. Wade got like overturned. But like, conservatives will have a big problem with it when some Republican governor is just like, "I'm going to tap everybody's phone so I can see who's talking about getting abortions," and then conservatives <laughs> will be like, "You can't tap my phone," and if it means that like I have to allow like you know this. This, you know, barbaric act to occur, then fine. But you can't touch my phone. I don't know, man. I mean, that's the thing. And they feel marginalized, and so all they want to do is marginalize other people. Yeah. And it's just like, that's the most sad. I mean, it's awful, but it's it's mostly just sad. But does Barbie fix it? It doesn't fix it. Does Barbie remind us that there are other things to? Feel besides just like pissed off that like nobody's paying attention to me in the exact way that I want to be paid attention to you. I think it does. Yeah, and I think if you're open to it, it's uh, it's pretty it's pretty powerful work. It teaches a lot about empathy. Yeah, that's a that's a movie that like, I think that's for me what I took a lot out of it. It's just mm. like being empathetic. I definitely stayed in the middle lane driving back from the high like from the freeway, going like you know what. It's okay if I just drive the speed limit behind this car for a while. Mm. I don't know. That's, that's Instead of what would you normally do? I'd sometimes go. 75. Go around and be like, get the fuck out of the way. Yeah, I would die. You're only going 80. I need to go 85. All right, I feel dead. No, I would, tip, I would <laughs> typically look behind me to see who's speeding up and find a way to block, box them out. That's, that's my sort of thing. Nice. You do love Days of Thunder. <laughs> He tells you race, 80s movie racing text. Cold Trickle? Come on. Cold Trickle. He's almost on the list. Does um, anyone have uh, nominations for best line in this movie? Because I have one. I don't know. Um, yeah. Too hard. I mean, I just saw it, so. I do like Sublime. It might, might not be fair. <laughs> Sublime. <laughs> I didn't know what he was going to say. Sublime. I mean, my favorite was The Godfather. That whole thing. I, I think it's. I it. think it's. I lost interest in the patriarchy when I found out it's not about horses. <laughs> that was, that's, that's great. Yeah. I don't know. There's. A, I felt like there was a whole bunch of them, and then I kind of. There's a lot. Of, I. I need to. I was too deeply. I was too deeply distracted by like my feelings and like the themes. Yeah. That like I was like losing. I was losing track of some of the lines. Mine would be when when he's asked if he's if they've lost the patriarchy, or they've lost power. He's like, no, we're just getting better at disguising it. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. Really good. Oh, no. I mean, again, so the, I just criticized Will Ferrell for even being in this movie. <laughs> but when he's like, her ghost keeps an office on the, on like the seventh floor or something like that, I was like, that's pretty good. <laughs> Acknowledging her, 
Her ghost is very funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this I, movie is fantastic. I didn't get to get a chance to get the Threads account up because they um, want me to do it on my phone, really, not on the computer. Well, it's Instagram, so you got to do it. I know. Instagram was. I know. I, I was. I just assumed it was going to function like a Facebook or something like that. And it did <laughs> I not. heard that's already on the down. The down. Chain. I know, but we're not doing. We're not doing. We're off at X. We're not doing X. We could do. We, we could sign up for Blue Sky, I guess. What's Blue, Blue Sky? Blue Ski or whatever, right? I that's like the uh, the new Twitter. You have to. It's invite only. I think. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't know anyone. Email us, or don't. <laughs> Find us on threads if I manage to get it on or just, my phone. Or just email us. My phone, the problem is my phone's out of storage Call us. area. Come, <laughs> phone's out come of storage. Not, come, come ring my doorbell. <laughs> I will take the elevator down 117 floors to greet you. No, you won't. You'll send fucking Lawrence Kazan down. All right. <laughs> well, we lost him. In his gimbal. We lost him a couple of weeks ago. Have we found him yet? I don't know. I heard skittering. I heard skittering. Uh, but watch the movies. Well, I think maybe I don't know when we'll be back. The movies come back eventually. Yeah. Ninja Turtles is coming soon. That's this week. Ninja Turtles. Uh, After that. Well, we have to do. Dark. We do have to do our because we're coming up on the fifth year anniversary. So we do yeah, have to do our, our our five year movies. Um, That'll be a me and you. Yeah. So yeah, we'll talk to you. I can't be. We'll be around. Good night.